ATS Live is brought to you by Swellian Partners Billabong and Billabong Rubber, the Weddies, the best Weddies out there. The Furnace, the Absolute, the Revolution, they're all still available right now online at billabong.com. And you know that second cold snap is coming. Don't get too warm. Don't fool yourself. Jump online. Get that rare, epic graphene technology that only the bong can give you. Lobby wears it. Our cow wears it. Macy cow wears it. He Ewing wears it. Billabong Weddies available now. Get rid of that stretched, stinky, rancid, flaky weddy and get into some Billabong rubber today. And now, get your skank on, Swellians. The big dance is about to begin. Please welcome to the stage the dons of degeneracy, the Illuminati of the surfing literati, the award-winning altered state warriors, Smitty and Vaughn Rinscon, the deadly. Well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I am speaking of fighting, I want to be a part of this fucking jump. want to be Kenny's tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the back, 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 back. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that looks good, haven't? Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are bad. Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys. Welcome to Ain't That Swell Live from Scarborough. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine and a Waves magazine. Vaughn rinsed corn. Deadly. Yes, uh, bruh. Good to be here, Vaughn. We're here to celebrate our favourite four-letter word. Not hamad, not filth, not kook, not barn, Mm -hmm. not fuck, not cock, not cuck, not piss, not jizz. Not fart, not woke, not joke, Vaughn. Grit. Grit! Grit! You know who's got grit, Vaughn? Chris White has grit. He does have grit. Grit is getting your beans and brown rice eight-pack out on national television to contest some naff ninja bullshit, knowing full well countless Karens all across this country will be flicking their bean right off after watching that. Oh, yeah, buddy. Just lifting that big layer of custard up to get that mouldy, splotchy, yeast-ridden muff burger. Oh, no. A couple of milky mandarin saggers just off to the sides, covered in Tim Tan dust. 
Just going, oh, Whitey, take those shorts off and get me in a triangle, eh? Choke the life out of me, Whitey. That's grit. That's grit, Vaughn. Wow. You know what else is grit? Grit is packing slabs and dragging dick so hard. Yeah. All you've got is a see-through snakeskin flapping around between the legs where once there was a proud and salty seacock. Yes, grit! That's grit, Vaughn! Grit! Grit! You know who else has grit? Who? Ant-Man. Ant-Man has grit. Ant-Man has grit. Grit is knifing bombs at the eddy of a broken back. It's packing... Cones at maxing tombstones. It's carrying around gonads ten times the size of your own body weight. Grit. Ant-Man has grit. He has grit. You know what else has grit? Creed McTaggart has grit. He's got grit. Aye. Grit is being the son of a skits Scottish boxing hooligan. Grit is ripping Mondo cones and packing even bigger ones at North Point, the box, and countless other slabs. Grit, 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 grit. It's our favourite four-letter word. Creed has grit. Ant Man has grit. Whitey has grit. Let's get our first grit merchant up. Our first guest is ain't that swell royalty, a man who sent it so hard at the first ever live show. His performance set off a nationwide teeth-grinding Gernfest that hasn't been seen since the prodigy played Firestarter in the boiler room of the Big Day Out in 1994. Give it up for Creed McTaggart! G'day, Fredda. How you going? <laughs> yeah. Hanging in there, mate. <sighs> you know, doing what you can, bruh. Yeah. Doing what you can. I can't believe I'm back. I know, mate. Welcome back. It's been a while. I mean, was it New Year's? The the one and only? Just debut, just raised the bat, triple century, and just walked out of there, dropped the mic, fucking done. See you in six years. That night has haunted me ever since. I (laughs) built up a reputation that's not me. I was too drunk and stoned. I don't even know what. uh, That was another person. Mate. You said the benchmark. I'm actually a nice guy. And I love Potts. He's a great person. (laughs) We all love Potts, mate. Nah, he's good. He's a good dude. My favourite thing from that night was when you tried to roll the joint on stage and the the tour manager nearly had a conniption and passed out, yeah. Hasn't been done in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Mm. The mid-show joint roll and the kill me, yeah, yeah. yeah. His cauliflower ears were like... (laughs) going to get me. (laughs) I still sparked it up there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, go... Got booted immediately, but uh, well played. Well played. Mate, grit. What does grit mean to you? You're a grit merchant. Who's the grittiest characters from the West? There's plenty of grit merchants, especially down your way. Um, uh, Rowan Annesley. And uh, Jay Davies. Jay Davies is gritty, mate. I hear they uh, they don't even use tugs anymore. They just get him to put a fucking big rope between his mouth and um, <laughs> start women. paddling those iron ore ships out to sea. The fucking He-Man. What a mania. <laughs> you must have had some crazy sessions with Jay over the years. Yeah. I mean, what have you seen him do? He's the, he's the perennial slab shaman, in my opinion. He's like the, the greatest vortex shaman of his generation. Mm. And as all vortex shamans, you know, just never really given the respect and ended up on the fucking tugs. What a disgrace. But... Uh, yeah, life doesn't make sense sometimes. Mm. But I've seen him do some of the craziest shit ever, especially at uh, Rabbit Hill where he kind of grew up surfing and um, North Point as well. And at 
the Tav as well and a couple other pubs around there. A couple other garages. <laughs> Man, we got, uh, we got Whitey and Ant-Man coming up on the show. Uh, both these guys, I imagine, would have had a, a pretty significant influence over you as a grommet. I mean, let's talk first about Whitey because, uh, you know, the tension films, they were based out of here, out of the West, and they were a fucking cultural monolith uh, when I was a kid. I mean, fuck, they, they kind of they made me want to quit surfing. Like, what, what was your experience of those films and Whitey? Um, well, I – yeah, it's funny. I grew up um, in Margaret River and when I was a kid, none of my mates actually surfed in my year. They all bodyboarded. And um, and I would go to their house for, like, slumber parties and stuff and we would watch tension movies all night and just, like – yeah, we'd watch it over and over. And, and like, the bodyboarding was amazing um, but also, like, just the – Bodyboarding always had like a cooler kind of, um, I don't know, like a carelessness about it. Like they, they were all just, just kind of make like way cooler than the surfers to me in my eyes. I don't know. And, and, and I don't know, yeah, it kind of when we were younger it kind of, um, you know, kicked us into gear to surf bigger waves but also to be a bit more like – more of a dickhead and like you know a bit more of a hooligan and just have <laughs> yeah. fun and just like not really take it too serious and um yeah so I've seen all the tension movies a hundred times over and they mean a lot to me and and a lot of the dudes that I grew up with and yeah I've never actually met Whitey so um, true yeah yeah right big fan and the ninja shit that he's doing is amazing mm. <laughs> didn't know that he did that <laughs> and. and- <clears throat> And uh, how old were you when these slumber parties were going down, mate? Was this, uh, were you about like six, seven? And what sort of impact did I, the shenanigans of these films have on your opinion was, of life? Well, yeah, I was probably, yeah, like, you know, 12, 13, 14 or something. I was probably, yeah, a bit later. But, yeah, me and Tom and James Purvis, um, Louis Finnegan, George Humphreys, those dudes which they were all amazing bodyboarders as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just way more appealing to me at that age. I don't know. It was just seemed more, heaps more fun and just like it's kind of had that sort of jackass element to it that was at the time really amazing and, um, I don't know, just raw. And, mm. and so what led you down the path of that strook stand-up surfboarding fucking nonsense? <laughs> My dad? I don't know. <laughs> No, I don't know. He, he uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know why, to be honest. Maybe Oki, probably Oki, yeah. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, that's a good Oki. excuse. Yeah, that's fine, man. He kind of trumped them all, you know. Oki and Karen and, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, when I was younger, my cousin Simon Zuvich, uh, before I go any further, I wanted to pay respects to the First Nation and the uh, Noongar Nation and all the other elders and all the other tribes. And, um, uh, well, Simon, he, um, he's my cousin, not blood-related but um, marriage-related. He had a crazy stack of uh, VHSs when I was younger and he had, like, modern uh, – sorry, um, montage and um, dope youth, actually. So he actually showed me dope youth for the first time. Um, I was probably like, yeah, 12 or something and I stole it off him. And it was the white VHS tape and I watched it over and over and over and, um, yeah, like 
the amount of like influence that film had on me was insane. Like even still to this day, like that movie means so much to me. And Vorno, you were a massive part of that. I'm not just pissing in your pocket, but yeah, that meant a lot to me and still does. And uh, yeah, so thanks, thanks Simon for that. And um, mm. and I see actually a lot of boog flicks in montage. Like they had the same appeal to me. Like montage was you know skits North Point other slabs around here mm. and then uh, the tension films, bodyboarding films from that same era, late 90s, early noughties, which is all filthy orbs where traditionally like the most high-fi kind of high-profile surf films from that period were coming out of the north coast, southeast Queensland. It was all point breaks, high-performance surfing. And, uh, you know, it was sick, but fuck, I just want to see cunts wrangling Mondo cones. And, uh, you know, like hey. Taj really – fucking pulled that off like that's what montage was to me it was a fucking skitty cone fest and uh i imagine you know being a stand-up growing up down south like you can't have not been influenced by watching the boogs just get fucking coned out of their girds yeah like well like taji boy was getting pre-coned but those guys were doing way more nuts of shit and like kind of found all those waves and like kind of like no like Disrespect to Taji Boy because I love Taji Boy, but um, but uh, you know those lads are doing it like ten years before and finding all these other ways in, in like you know other places of our um, place you know country that we live in and um, yeah so you know fuck I feel like there's they don't you know really get the respect that they uh, is due no but at that level when it is like eight foot plus northy or, you know, six to eight foot box or, or wherever, uh, they do get respect. Amongst the elite of pro mm. surfing and the elite of bodyboarding, like there is a lot of respect yeah. there because, fuck, not many cunts want it on days like that. Well, if you ever see like Ryan Hardy at North Point or at Box, like you'll be fucking, yeah, very humbled. It's pretty fucking insane. You think you can a sick one or whatever and he's just taken off. 10 feet deeper and doing a spin into it and flipping out of it and you're like, what the fuck? It's crazy. That like, is it's crazy. so crazy. It's so nuts. Mate, I saw you do a pretty psycho ARS the other day on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, like, it was a legitimate one. How much time do you spend boogie? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I only kind of, I hung up the fins, hung up the flippers for a while, eh? I, um, it was probably like two years I, I hung the flippers up for a bit. Um, I I don't know, when Noah and Chi started like getting into Bergen real hard and they got all competitive and I was like, oh, I can't compete with these guys anymore. And like, because Chi's real good, Sean Manners. He's fucking like real good. Like you ask any other, like any booger that knows what's up. He's got a good style and he's got a good approach and he crossed them legs like no other. <laughs> And so when they started doing that, I was like, I just like kind of like bopping around and getting a few pipes and doing a couple calves or whatever, you know. <laughs> a couple epos, but like nothing serious. But yeah, so and Noah's charging like depot on a boog and shit. So I'm not tapping in with that. But um, I got the f- flippers back and uh, and um, um, yeah, I'm back on the boog and it's going pretty good. I did it like a, oh, they did like a. I took off the other day, did like a carve and then spin and then pulled into the closeout and it was all kind of seamless and I was like, that's pretty good. That's as good as I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, how psycho was that thing that uh, Noz packed 
prone on the stick at that slab. You see that on Instagram the other day? Psycho. Oh. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, I guess we, spot, yeah, yeah, let's just say it's uh, the predator's zone, but it's pretty Fix well blown out these days. Yeah, we can bleep that out. But, yeah, how, how was that? That was wild. He's, yeah, he's fucked. That's like a proper... You guys what? ain't seen nothing yet, too. I heard he's been going crazy. Prone, yeah. prone stick riding is some, is, shit is some new school out. shit. That's like uh, the kind of the missing link. I don't know. It's like... It's like de-evolution, but progressive at the same time somehow. You trippy shit. Mm. Mate, uh, you're talking about seamless lidden, but what about seamless surfing? Uh, Interlusion was probably the best film of the year, like right up there alongside of uh, Nosvid for the last year. I just thought one surf trip, handful of, uh, you know, all you guys just really having fun, perfect ways, but fuck, dude, like... Something's going on with your surf. And I said this last time when your last clip dropped and you were last on the show, you just dropped another one. But that was the best banger. And I don't know, what's going on with your surf? Where, where are you at with it? Because you just seem to be tapping into something really spiritual, really pure. I don't know if it's like that for you or if you're just fucking paddling out and goofing off. But Have you been milking was, uh, toad jizz and yeah, smoking yeah, it? Yeah, you're fucking smoking toad jizz to <laughs> yeah. surf the way you surf it. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tyson been smoking toad jizz. Well played. Nah, I I don't know. I got um, I got uh, well, I got on the Dolbergs, and then like it all changed. Yeah, Dolbergs. I thought you were gonna say I got on the doll. But, uh, <laughs> it's that also that changes your set. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, got on the on the um Dolbergs, and they've been going really good. And I I just been riding um, Andrew Moody's board serpent sleds. Um, he randomly hit me up and. I felt pretty honoured that he hit me up because he's been uh, one of my favourite surfers and uh, one of the great slab shamans and pump yeah. freaks. He's he's probably one of the most iconic dudes you ever meet. Like he's he's gonna sail from Sydney to Indo in a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, he's doing that, and then he's moving to Indo. He's just gonna shape boards out of some little bungalow in the middle of nowhere. Somehow send him over to me. And He's got a real schizo Papua story that I'm trying to get out of him. At some point, we'll get him on the pod. But uh, yeah, Papua. You gotta get him on the pod. Gotta get the moon dog on the pod <sighs> just so for that iconic. story alone. Just fucking going to this genocidal, wave rich. Cannibals. Yeah. And then coming out of there, and there's like this documentary that's been made about the journey. And uh, he somehow gets portrayed as like this freedom fighting surfer. And he's like, what the fuck? It's like, he wasn't doing that at all. He was just there surfing, but got fully stitched. So he can never go back there. Uh-huh. I thought he couldn't go back because he was dry rooting turtles. Oh, that was that too. I there mean, was that, that was, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah sorry, man. I just, I just want to know, like, you know, like, what is good surfing to you now? Like, what, what are you tapping into? What do you love watching? What are you sort of, what are you looking for when you're paddling out and the way that you want to surf? Um, I think I just stopped watching surfing, to be honest, yeah. I, I used to watch heaps of surfing, like so much. Um, I, I like I bought so many um, videos when I was younger. I got like three hundred DVDs and VHSs, and like I'm fully obsessed with it. And then I kind of, you know, you get older and you start losing your hair, and then you got to fucking do renos on the house and fucking mortgage and. So you stop watching surf movies and I think you just, you just can't you, – if you can whack it, just go whack it, you know. I think I stopped doing airs a bit. So just kind of getting lazy and just trying to belt it a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I still watch – I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, like, Karen and Oki are the best that will ever be. So it's just those two forever, you know. Yeah, well, that's just – 
Pure feel. Pure feel surfing. No mind. Complete flow state. Do what comes up in front of you. Paying off that mortgage, man. <laughs> man, Ant-Man. Talk to us about Ant-Man. I mean, uh, like just explain to our listeners both here and the ones listening on the podcast uh, how big of a deal this guy is in the West. Yeah, um, Ant-Man's so iconic in the West. Um, he's one of the most sweetest people you'll ever meet. He's um, fucking so good uh, to have a beer with too. And uh, if you're ever out in big ways with him, he's like very encouraging and just a really good person to be around. Um, I never really knew Jake that much growing up in WA, um, but I've probably known Ant-Man since I was about 10 or something. And, um, yeah, he's always been super lovely to me and, um, yeah, I got so much respect for him. He's uh, he's definitely one of those underground kind of lords that no one really kind of knows too much about. But um, yeah, he he's done some crazy shit, and he won't tell you. He's just the most modest person you ever meet. So um, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he kind of for me put West Oz surfing on the map in a sense. Like he was that original underground psychopath. Uh, you know himself, Camel, that generation, Damon Easto, Mitch Thorson, like. Fuck, man, they just did a lot for, like, heavy water surfing in this country. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, Mitch Thorson, he's um, he's one of my dad's best mates and I've known him for ages and Damon and, yeah, there's so many. Like, it's funny, I don't know, like, West Oz is um, it's kind of different to the others, the rest of the country. I don't know. It's, it's just um, everyone's just super low-key and modest and... Um, not to talk shit on people from over east or anything, but there's, there's like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, mate, you're in the right room to talk shit on people. Yeah. Fucking do it, bro. Spray the bowl, mate. Spray it. Well, there's just like, there's like a lack of um, uh, ego over here. You know, you don't, you don't really, really cop too many people tooting their own horn too much and, and they're doing some fucking gnarly shit. And I don't know, it's pretty crazy. I've been living over east for about 12 years now and, um, I can't believe I've been over there for that long. But, um, yeah, no, it's trippy. It's quite a, a juxtaposition of uh, just approach and, and uh, just, yeah, I don't know, personalities and everyone's just kind of, you know, they don't, they're not trying to seek any appraisal or any uh, anything out of it. They're just doing it because they're just fucking core mm. as fuck and they just want to go. Like they just want to do it, you know. That, that's the only reason. Man, you know what it is, I reckon. I've got a theory about this, and it's just that on the East Coast, it fucking never gets bigger than six foot or it never holds bigger than six foot. And uh, you just people never get humbled by the ocean over there, whereas here you get fucking humbled every other day. Like, you know, the waves are often too big to surf. And uh, if you want it, there's always big waves around. And it's just humbling. You get humbled by the ocean. I think that really... Uh, it's such a, a good teacher of humility when you're just getting fucking absolutely ragdolled and drowned. And, uh, yeah, we just don't really get that on the East Coast all that often, hey. And so there's just, you know, it's a bit of a coward's paradise, especially where, especially where we live up on the North Coast. It's fucking torturous, mate. Wow. Hope you get the lot, you dog. <laughs> a coward's paradise. Fuck, that's going to go over well when we do our Byron show next week. <laughs> all right, should we get our next guest up? next guest is a renaissance man of such extreme talent across so many different disciplines. You could argue he makes Leonardo da Vinci 
looked like a rank, amateur, hopeless, bearded, fuckstick cooch. From his culture-defining book classic tension films to his world-class raw power photography. From his explorations to the far reaches to find unsurfable nightmare slabs to his appearance as a gravity-defying sinewed weapon of mass destruction on Australian Ninja. From his extensive library of dick and balls jokes to his highly esteemed role as co-host of the insanely highbrow Grin Reapers podcast. There is no thing this madman cannot do. He's West core to the bone and as gritty as a pair of undies after a flogging at rabbits. Please make him welcome, Chris Whitey Whitey! Whitey, welcome brother, welcome to Ain't That Swell. I uh, had the great pleasure of being on the Grin Reapers this morning. It was fun, fun shit sitting in there with you and Bud. Used to a special way. I'm so happy to be here. Make me feel, um, I often feel like I'm losing the plot sometimes. And then I see used to up here just in your element, eh? I'm like, I'm normal. Oh, mate. 100% man, don't worry, the spirit of tension lives on. Is that the greatest compliment or the greatest insult ever? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Mate, but mate, nah, look. Such a pleasure to have you on. Fucking, I don't know where to start with you. Like when I was researching sort of your life and your journey, fuck, it just seems like if you get an interest in something, you're on. And it's yeah. 150,000% and fucking look out. I guess, yeah. I always live by that sort of motto. Just commit, jump in. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, tell us a bit about your story. I don't know a whole lot of it. Like take us back to, you know, where you grew up, what your folks did for a living, that kind of stuff. Um, I grew up in Perth. And then uh, the waves aren't the greatest here. So as soon as I finished school, I moved down to Margs. And that's around the time we started filming for Attention and um, lived down there for a few years. And then when I started making the movies, based back in Perth, just so I could travel easier. And then, yeah, finished the movies 2007, about, was it 20? Yeah, almost 20 years ago. Were you surprised by, like... When they first come out, like, what was, what was that sort of energy like? Were the people just straight into it or did it take time to sort of gather momentum or how did it work for you with the, the first initial release? Um, yeah, it was just like a, I had no idea it would become what it did. I just literally hired a camera and uh, we were sending footage off to Dudes Over East who were making movies and then with um, Hardy, like, he's such a good bodyboarder and I got good footage of him and I was like, fuck, wonder... I could probably film him enough and just make a movie around him almost. And then it just, yeah, first one was pretty small and then uh, second one started getting a little bit bigger and then I guess it just kind of, I think we ended up on a current affair or something and that was kind of like a turning, <laughs> it was kind of a turning point and then it, that put so much eyes on it and that was just from then on, it just the premiere started getting massive and... Yeah, just Were you on a current it. affair because of the film or because you did a dodgy fucking jeep rock job on someone's house and <laughs> didn't finish and... Yeah, nah, oh, forget. They, um... <laughs> nah, I think it was around the time on one of the videos um, a friend lit another friend's hair on fire with hairspray 
and his hair's like going, and then they were just worried there was going to be too many copycat. Um, flaming hair man. Wow, they, an old-fashioned moral panic. <laughs> yeah. They were calling him flaming hair man or some shit and then it was just stupid and then they kept hassling me to do an interview and I talked to um, Kim Hughes, um, my bodyboard friend Brad Hughes. His dad was the Australian cricket legend and um, he was the only guy I knew in media and I, I rang him up and I was like, fuck, they want me to do this interview and he's like, mate, do not do the interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good advice. He's like, no matter what they tell you, he's like, they'll butter you up and, and he's just like, do not do it. So I just, um, yeah, stayed indoors. Um, they literally like camped out front of my street, like cars for days. Is that horny for a flaming hair story? Yeah, the flaming hair man. Desperate and bourgeois parasites. <laughs> you know the vibe, Vaughn. Pretty but, pissed week if you ask me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm glad I took his advice because then when they actually did the piece, they put a dude in a room blacked out with a voice and they kind of pretended it was me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And then they combined the story with this guy doing burnouts in cars who ran over a kid. And they, what? they pushed it together. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I'm like, Holy and then shit. I, from that point I was like, I'm so like, no matter what I said, they were gonna they had their angle on me and that was it. So I completely done lying hair. Not sure what you said, but it sounded good. <laughs> Man, I mean, you, you watch Tension One, and in the first two minutes, like, uh, you've ba- you, you know, you fake a stack in front of some cops, and they fucking pin you and, and take you away in cuffs. There's some guys throwing a bowling ball at the roof in a bowling alley. There's fucking baguettes getting snapped over cunts' heads. It's chaos. But uh, yeah, what happened with that? When you when you get pinned to the ground and the, the cops are they real cops? They actually fucking take you away. That was psycho. You're gonna think less of me here. That was. Actually, set, we didn't really set up anything. Well played. I but, thought it might. <laughs> I'm like, that's a bit much. <laughs> Fucking. Funny thing was though, they because I was we were down there filming. <laughs> 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 you sick cunt. Um, <laughs> I'd actually been filming. Like I ran into. Remember they used to have telephone boxes. We we're just filming stupid shit, and I just there was this hot chick on the telephone. And I just ran into the telephone box. And then fell over. Just Classic gag. I love that one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then the cops were passed and I was like, fuck, are they actually like, did they, are we in trouble here? I just went up to them. I said, oh, we're filming a movie. Do you reckon you could pretend to handcuff me? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then when I did, I fell over and they fucking cuffed me and I've had dodgy shoulders forever. And they were yanking my arms up. I was in so much pain. And Fucking as pig. they were taking me to the car, I was like, fuck, I'm actually getting arrested. Like they played it so well, I believed them, eh? And then I got to the car and I was like, looked up and I'm like, are you letting me go? And then they're like, yeah, just joking, mate. But I think he wanted to make a point, like, don't, like. Yeah. Mate, <laughs> they're a couple of the biggest fucking jarheads you've ever seen, like full brickhead psychopaths. But, mate, uh, what <laughs> wait, about. Wait, 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 wait. Can I stop in for a yeah, second? Yeah, go I for just, it. I just did a wee wee for a second. Um, I just got back. But um, when did you, so how old were you when you started the first tension? Uh, I think I was 20. But we're 20. filming from probably when we were like 18 or 19. And how did you meet Hardy and the crew? And uh, just through bodyboarding state titles and so tra- travelling down you bodyboarded down before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. Yes. It was funny you mentioned Simon Zuvich before because um, around that time with the cops and that, um, I was getting a lot of bad press in Margs as well because everyone was like collapsing every um, item in the supermarket, you know. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. People were just pulling shit everywhere and um, the Margaret River Mail wrote this piece like a bad piece <laughs> and all the shops were worried and they were saying they're losing all this money and, all, and 
I was a bad guy again. But then Simon Zuvich was the one guy. He must have been – I don't know why he was working at the Mayo. He was pretty young himself. But he actually wrote this nice article and um, offered a different side and then I, I was forever. <laughs> Fucking hell. It, it pays <laughs> to have a good man on the inside, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't even know who's Jump up, Sai. Yeah. Jump up for a sec, mate. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Come on, here. We're talking about you right there. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, mate. Grab them, mate. All right, then. Okay. Simon Zuvich. Twisted my arm. That's fine. Yeah, what, what do you remember? Why did you write a nice article about people getting their hair set on fire and collapsing supermarket shelves? Well, um... <laughs> I don't like to bring this up, Vorno, but uh, I was a uh, 1999 Young Person of the Year, West Australia. Yeah. He was? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He was Young Person of the Year. And, um... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, I'm Credo's cousin as well, through marriage, but, you know, he's one of the no mob. No one believes He's one me. of the mob, thanks. Thank you for the acknowledgement of country, and uh, that's my flag there behind, so... Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Pay my respects to the Wajak Noonga Wadandi mob. Um, and, yeah, I was 99. I was down there and, um, yeah, this little prick was... He was stealing all our women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> got onto the mobile phones and then tension came out and I was sitting there at a party and they were all sitting there <laughs> and all these dudes were on their phones and we were just laughing at them. The first phones ever. And then I realised that they were texting all the chicks on the other side of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck Whitey. So um, then when he got a bit of bad press, I thought, nah, I do love him. And um, we grew up with the Hardy Boys, um, Rhino, uh, Johnny Moffat and all the crew. So I thought I'd, you know, smoke them to peace pipe, pass the, um, <laughs> the olive branch. And I just wrote the um, yeah, article to say they're good blokes. These litters. Thanks. Just, I don't know yeah, if I ever I thanked you, you properly, you. but thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool, man. Fuck, that's a great story. Man, the boog scene down here back in the day must have been absolutely psycho. Like, And there was probably fuck all crew really wanting waves of mortal coniquence like the <laughs> boogs were. Mate, talk us through it. Like, What was some of the craziest shit you saw back in the day and, and who were some of the serial offenders? Oh, craziest, I think, was the first time we went looking for Cyclops. Uh, down Esperance, it didn't end good. But <laughs> we um, remember the Billabong Odyssey. Was it um, Ken Bradshaw? Laird, was it or Ken? I don't know. Yeah. It was Ken. Yeah, right. he's got the big jaw, right? They've all got big jaws. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the big jaw. So we knew roughly where it was, and we just went down Esperance and um, started looking. And we parked our cars. Probably it was like a four-hour mission anyway from where our cars were, and then. Um, we found the wave as soon as you see it, you're like, fuck, that's it. And um, Chatty Jackson, one of the bodyboarders, he's sort of doesn't think twice. We just rocked up. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll go get one. And he just hopped off the ski. I'd barely even got my camera out. And he just paddled like deep and just fucking packed one from pretty much behind the peak. How big are we talking? Oh, it's like probably six to eight foot, but like Cyclops eight foot, where it's yeah. the dimensions are fucked up. Eight and by eight. Yeah. <laughs> And he um, pulled in and then just got smoked. And I just remember, like, you could, it was one of them white pats. We were like, oh, that's not good. And then he popped up and he was just white. And then it kind of, the heaviness of the situation dawned on us because he was, like, we knew it was some sort of spinal injury. And we didn't want to move him. And we're just like, 
yeah, we're way out of our depth. Like, not like it is nowadays. You're just a bunch of young oh, kids, though. Clueless really kids, yeah. 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 I haven't cried too much aside from death, but when I had to leave them, because uh, there were three of us on the one ski, and I left Virtue with him. And as I was, um, I thought, fuck, I've got to go drive and find someone. But when I turned around, I was like brave face with them. And then I was literally in tears as I was driving to the beach. I was like, what have I done? Because I felt responsible. I'd driven them down, driving the ski. And yeah, that Talking was. Talking it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it can just change like that. Like we're ecstatic, like, oh my God, we found the wave. And then we're like, oh fuck, he's dead. This is what I mean. Like at this exact same time in surfing, cunts are doing frontside snaps. And then <laughs> you guys are like fucking face planting on eight by eight foot bone dry slabs. Like it's, it's fucking just a different planet. No wonder you guys are getting chicks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Rhino surfed. Like Rhino was a sick surfer too. Yeah. That was painful. Yeah, no one knows that Ryan rips. He like charges too. Gene, I mean, Gene, Gene was rocked in the box and then he. Flipped on and he was getting double covers. Yeah, Gene's the only guy I've got the double covers. Double covers. That's yeah. so you got wild. The boot cover and no you got the way. stick cover. Yeah, that's as cool as it gets. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> but mate, you know, you go down there, you have this horrendous experience. How much did that change the way that you started exploring and stuff? Did you start, you know, your next trip to to surf all these other fucking mutant slabs all over the joint? Did it start to become a more serious yeah, deal after that? Yeah, uh, we definitely. At that point, though, realised we kind of need a support crew, like at least another ski in case shit goes bad. So we got a little bit better, but we still run out of petrol many times, way too far out of the ocean. But then <laughs> after, you've, after you've had an experience like that, you're still dealing with fucking lunatics. Like, yeah. So who are the crew? You know, you're taking them there going, boys, like we don't want to have another one of these, but then you've just got these fucking cross-eyed iguana fucking heads just going, I'm going deep. Like, fucking, get your photo, get your camera out, Whitey, I'm on. <laughs> Well, Were you with Newton when he was going skits and going crazy? What's that? Like, uh, Brendan Newton when he yeah, was like yeah. tapping in real hard. Yeah, he was like the East Coast um, bodyboarder that he was one that you you feared for his life on every slab session. You're like, this dude may die. Like he just had no no regard for his safety, but such a belief in the higher above or whatever, and it somehow saved him every time. So. Maybe he's on. Yeah, he's on to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when you say saved him, I mean that's used advisedly. Like it didn't save his face. Like he ripped that off. But uh, <laughs> like he didn't die, and he can walk. He looks, but good. he ain't pretty no more. I saw him the other week. He looks fine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he's got more hair than I do. Yeah, oh, fuck, mate. A couple of trips to Thailand, and you know, fuck, they'll patch anyone up. <laughs> Thailand. Hey, um, I was on the beach when Bruce Irons got that hundred point ride at Waimea. But um, it was the best moment, one of the best moments of my life. The, when he was on the yellow board. But uh, yeah, yeah, Brucey on the on the beach. Um, but like, I want to sub. Can I sub out for Ant? Because he's the man. Oh like, mate, it, don't worry. We'll get. Yeah, Ant can wait. Ant <laughs> can wait. But, all right, <laughs> he's, well, yeah, he's out the back. I see him. He's got a. Yeah, I see him. I see. He's got him. a massive picture. Right? He's a legend. He's grit. <laughs> Hundred percent, man. Talk us through some of the other adventures. Like uh, as far as I'm aware. During that tension period, like, you know, you guys pretty much pioneered most of the slabs that are now surfed regularly and, and pop up in films. Like, uh, you know, a, a lot of the ones down on the south coast, the, the first I ever saw of them was in those tension films. Uh, I mean, yeah, how radical was that to be out there on the, the margins of surf culture, figuring out that, fuck, you can actually get deep in these waves and blown out of them? 
Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess a lot of the spots uh, they weren't all me. Like there's bodyboarders pushing the limits, there's surfers everywhere, like looking. And then we kind of because we were doing a movie, we get the hot tips or whatever. So I can't really claim to sort of have found all these waves, but um, we're just in a bubble, man. Like we just don't even realise what else is really going on. We're just so focused on what we were doing. It was funny to hear. Like we didn't even think about surfers even noticed us at all. Like we looked at them as the cool people and we were kind of the recluses. So it's funny to hear Creed say that. But um, yeah, we're just... the bad boys. <laughs> we're just doing our own thing. And then it's not like all these years later, like meeting you today and you're saying you knew, knew about the movies and that. I'm just like, fuck, how far? They reached like further than I ever thought, yeah. They're a cultural touch point, you know. Like it's, it's funny because we were talking today about the film that we got coming out this week, which is like the greatest surf movie in the universe, a pretty humble title, nothing. <laughs> but, I, you know, I was, I was feeling a bit nervous about it because it's, it's got a bit of swearing, it's got a couple of dicks in it, you know, usual shit. But then uh, I was hanging with you and Bud and uh, you guys were showing me, you know, your Up In Joke part two trailer that's coming out. And fuck, mate, it left that movie in the sh- just the dust. You can't be mad. <laughs> and, um, but what I was thinking is, you know, by the fact that you guys just existed in your own culture, in your own bubble, it didn't get corporatised, it didn't get sold as something that it, it wasn't. It was just you madmen doing your thing. Yeah. And it fucking kept it in this really gritty, honest fucking place that everyone benefited from 20 years and it eventually influenced surf culture. And that is what you guys contributed. So it's fucking a big deal, man. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Fucking congrats. <laughs> yeah, I reckon the, like, culturally it fit real well with Australia, you know. It's, it's people fucking taking the piss out of themselves, not taking themselves seriously. Uh, you know, it, it's a, like, just some bodgy, pikey, fucking amateurish, like, scene where cunts are piling out of a hatchback like clowns, jumping out of a clown car, just throwing five boogs out and then... They're just out there sending it so hard. And uh, there was just something that I, I was so admirable about that as a teenager. I was like, fuck, these guys, like, I don't know. They're, they're, they're not taking themselves seriously, but they're doing serious shit. Like, the most serious. I, I got a little weird side story. But, like, I just, um, I, like, finished, uh, I just finished doing an album. Like, uh, I wrote an album. We recorded it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it under wash those new thing. Don't don't worry, Shorty. It's coming out soon. <laughs> Just chill out over there. Um, but I I recorded it with um, this guy, Jazz uh, a player, and his brother is Ben and Toby. Um, that's his brother. But when I was down there, they they um they live on this farm, and my favorite um, bodyboarder was Ben when I was a kid, and. Um, and it was so bizarre. I remember like rocking up. This is only like a month ago or so, and I was so nervous to like record this album because I wrote it myself, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's fucking shit." And like these guys are really good musicians that I was going to record it with, and um, and I remember like going in there and like um, and like I showed them the songs that I wrote, and they were like, "Oh yeah, cool," and we're like, you know, trying to figure it out um james cates was playing um drums and um and luke player was playing bass and stuff and i was like oh yeah i don't know and it wasn't really kind of going that well and then all of a sudden ben player just comes out and he's like fuck man you got the best voice <laughs> and i was like 
What? Dude, you got the best barrels. <laughs> and I was like, that's Ben Player. And Benny P, he just like had his second baby and he's like this is my new baby and i was like oh that's cool and then he's like when you finish recording like i'm cooking dinner come down to the big house and we'll talk surfing and i was like what the fuck this is but i was so like starstruck from him because i watched all like your films and all all, all his like his like, i don't know i just always loved his approach on a boog and um yeah it was such a surreal weird moment in my life. That's so good. Sometimes all you need is one person to just say the right thing. And yeah, because I was so out of confidence and so <laughs> like I was like, oh, what am I doing? I just drove like eight hours to, to do this and I'm just wasting everyone's time. And he was like, you got a real nice voice, man. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Ben, player. <laughs> like, Mate, we all want to start tapping this bug energy. <laughs> Mate, what are your highlights from, uh, you know, just scanning all those projects, you know, your, your favourite adventures, your favourite moments, there'd be so many to name, but, yeah, what kind of stands out? In life in general or nah, the just, videos? Yeah, the videos, yeah. Uh, things I mainly remember is Hardy singing songs and, like, us teeing up some stupid song for him to sing. Won't and then back <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he, like, is, he's, commits like I was giving him an idea and he's like yeah yeah we're doing it and then he's just locked in and um I've just always loved working with Hardy because he's his nature as well he's such a good dude and uh he's just like a real country sort of kid and he just put him in the ocean and he's just which cliff 101 yeah (laughs) stop hesitate and listen (laughs) Hardy's back So good. That was I got a my heart guy now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, Hardy was a highlight. Like he was so humble, and that whole family in which he, yeah, um, yeah, they were the coolest, and that made you guys. It gave you street cred all the way. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, because yeah, there was a big fanfare. All like everyone, we were all watching it, even though we were jealous of the, the chicks and and the, the and the, pits the mobile phones and the mobile phones. <laughs> um, yeah, Hards, the Hardy family and, and Rhino um, gave it the cred because he was just the humblest and the loveliest dude. Um, yeah, living like the back of the John Deere fucking farm in Witchy. Oh, that's but, great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I've got a great story for Hardy. So after all the videos wound up, I got into photography for a bit and Hardy had been seeing the riot and he was just really wanted to surf it. And we um, teed a day up and he's driven solo <laughs> from Marg's like left at 2am by himself, rocks up, doesn't really know where the wave is. I just I told him like go here. So <laughs> when it's like big, the swell's like five metres and you've got to – there's these beaches and they're fucking – like it's a fair way out and these beaches are massive. It's salmon season and Hardy just <laughs> by himself is just rocked up, doesn't know where he's paddling, just hops in the water and he's wetting. We, we've launched a ski, so we're just, like, hoping he makes it. Like, he just says, yeah, I'll be out there. And we're like, what does he mean? <laughs> and he's paddled out in the dark through these massive beaches. Like Poseidon, like, huh? He's oh, like, dude. And this was, like, the biggest, rawest ocean. And he he beat us out there. And when we, we come around the headland, I'm like, there's Hardy. Like, and just see this little dot where everyone's like, what the fuck's he doing? And then we see him take, like, there's no one around and this is, like, 15 foot. And then we just see this little creature, like, take off and it just disappears and we're like, fuck, he's dead. And then we just see him shoot into the sky 
<laughs> throws his arms out like Jesus. This is not, I'm not even exaggerating. This actually happened. And he levitated out of the, like, got a pit and just flew in the air. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> Holy steak and potatoes, <laughs> And we're on the ski. We, we were like 200 metres away and all three of us were cheering, like screaming the entire way till we saw him. We just couldn't stop screaming. I can't believe this cunt's paddling out through fucking salmon schools and fucking in the dark and just packing them by himself and by the time he gets there, he's just levitating. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best image I've ever had in surfing, ever. This is what I'm talking about, though. Like, this is like, uh, you know, almost par for the course in that bodyboarding underground culture at that time. Like, just the hardcore ocean-going adventures blew my mind. Like, uh, you know, I was from Bondi, Bronny, Tamarin. There was a lot of guys like Bo Day and Jose and uh, the Bunting Brothers. And, you know, these guys were, you know, they, they nurtured me and, and showed me a, like a heap of waves down south. But, you know, they were getting no props, no respect in the area. And yet I'd sit in there and watch the raw footage that ended up in tension to of like, uh, you know, fucking or whatever it was. And just these guys were getting the craziest slabs, man. And no props, not claiming it. So humble. But just fucking skits ocean going, ocean warriors. Ninja warriors even, Vaughn. <laughs> Hearts was the um, SpongeBob TB. Like, he should have won world titles, but he didn't. But that was his path. And, like, his grit. He just did it for the doing. And he, um, yeah, that whole family. So Mad sick. props. This is sick celebrating this fucking bull culture that's <laughs> given so much back to all of us. <laughs> fucking loving it. Simon, thanks for joining us, man. Well, yeah. I'm actually going to skip you out for Buddha. Subs. I'm going to get Buddha. Subs. Subs. Yeah, and then we'll get Ant-Man up in a sec. Yeah. Buddha's um, here, isn't he? I just want to say, uh, yeah. just go before I go, look, you know, um, been working with the WSL the last few years. Um, like, all the comps got cancelled because of COVID and then they were off to wadge him up. Um and Wadge em Up's Rottenest, you know, they did more truth-telling in the 10 days there um, than, you know, 90% of West Aussies that go, a million people a year go to Wadge em Up. Um, and I've had the saltiest, grittiest sea dogs, you know, come up to me and say, like, they didn't know about, you know, the true history of, of um, you know, WA in Australia. And uh, it's been really special the last few years. I just want to thank, um, you know, Billabong have been doing it with Brother Otis, um, our national... Indigenous titles that we do at Bells every year, um, you know, Credo as as family um, and and you know the West Australia surf community, um, you know, it's been a big impact. It's rippled across the state and across WA uh, Australia and the world. You know, surfing's an Indigenous sport, um, and that's not to exclude anyone. That's just to like it, we all live by the Noongar six seasons here, and um, I just want to say. Yeah, thanks to you guys. for. I love when you guys talked about Black Lives Matter, when you interview Brother Otis, and I really appreciate everyone here. Um, just keep, like, you're all, you know, living on Noongar Buja, Wadandi Buja, um, and in the next week we'll be doing a heap more stuff with the WSL down in Woodichapbilia, which is Margaret River. Um, I grew up down there, and I just want to say, you know, um, yeah, I just want everyone to just take their time to just learn about you're all connected to the world's oldest continuing culture. And I really appreciate you guys, what you do, um, what you guys do. And, and uh, yeah, just, just keep learning. Um, everyone, yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, sir, mate. Appreciate yeah. you, brother. Oh, yeah, sir. Thanks, Thank man. you. Always yeah, was, legend. always will be. Bud, get up here, bros, because we're going to go into uh, the, this next chapter of Whitey's career. So, mate, the photography and, you know, we know that you, you've contributed hugely to 
book culture. But then through photography, you started to capture like world class, top fucking shelf images. Tell us a little bit about that journey and then sort of what led you to where you're at today. Like, first of all, just the photography and, and sort of how that expanded your view of surfing. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, when I wound up the vids, I had kids and then um, I was sick of travel at that point. And then two years or so of retirement, I was just itchy again and I wanted to do something different. So I got a still camera and then, um, yeah, just was travelling with the right guys, the right waves, getting some slabs and... Yeah, photography, it just seemed like a perfect crossover from video. Well, you've got to be fucking slightly mad to be a photographer. Like, we know <laughs> that. But was there crew around here that you were tapping in with and getting advice from? And Did Tim Jones give you yeah. a big <laughs> influence? That's, that's where I was going. Is, is Jonesy somewhere in this picture? <laughs> um, no, we used to host the Travel with Jonesy heaps. I, I love big Jonesy. Eh? Um, yeah, he, yeah, early on he used to be one of the main photographers we shot with. Um, but influencers, yeah, I guess... Uh, Rick Rafici, he was uh, – I started uh, doing a lot of trips with them. He was on the film cameras and all that. But um always looked up to all his photography and it's pretty, like, similar really. You Once you understand sort of composition and all that, it's – it's a, I don't know, it just seemed logical. Can I just tell you a quick Tim Jones story? Do you, do you guys know Tim Jones? He was like a fucking he – was, he was a pro lead, wasn't he, for a while? Fucking bit of a wild unit, but he f- became a photographer. But he was uh, – he was on the cover of a bunch of surf mags in that Waimea Shore. He was like mid-air frogging it, you know, right in the, in the middle. Went scorpion. He went scorpo, but he was fucking – he was on the carve, scorping. But uh, one time I go to uh, Shipsterns with Parco, Dingo and Ozzy and we're all with uh, Andy Campbell and we're, we're going down. We've had this adventure. We're in this fucking nightclub. Fucking joints cranking and Jonesy's there just being Jonesy, you know, fucking – I don't, know how to, I don't know how to describe it except for just Jones and out. And these fucking grommets come up and they're like, oh, they come up to me and they're like, oh, hey, man, um, can we ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, mate, yeah, that's Parko's thing. They're like, who? No, is that Tim Jones? <laughs> and you should have seen him. He just turned into this fucking peacock. I'm like, yeah, mate, I'm fucking Tim Jones. <laughs> it was the happiest moment of his life. It was awesome. But, um, yeah, mate, so welcome, Bud. The other half of the Grin Reapers podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, brother. Hey, what? You boys are absolute legends. <laughs> oh, mate, such a pleasure to be have you on. Like, tell us a little bit about this character. What do you know about him? What secrets is he keeping that we haven't heard yet? Um, he's yeah. Well, as you guys already mentioned, like he's the the don when it comes to the book. He's the ultimate core. So um, <laughs> yeah, we grew up. A lot of us here in the room, we grew up watching watching the movies and. Causing a current affair to go to his house, <laughs> not tripping over shit. So I, I was a grom and they all came out and now a massive influence on me and my crew. Made you want to go surfing and go fuck shit up and just have fun. So that's awesome to see how far he's gone. I know the photographer, he's very humble as well. For those that know Whitey, he won't really give too much away and take too many accolades. But I know the photography staff when he switched into that, because he kind of retired at like 27. <laughs> <laughs> must, be not, must be nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if that's grit. That's just fucking great, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the life, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So there ain't no my gov in his house. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, that was sort of the inspiration. But then he put the tools down and then took the uh, put the video camera away and then got into photography and it was amazing to see what he did there as well. He brought the book out, dark light, and addressed bigger issues in surfing and with mental health and stuff. And I thought. 
Um, hats off to him. He really opened up on that regard and, again, was a bit of a role model in the bodyboarding world. And then I think that transcended across to just everyday life with people talking about their what people can go through sometimes with mental illness and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's fucking hats off. The photography was insane and the story that he told was amazing too. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mate. I mean... Um Fuck, if you don't mind, like, you know, just to share with our listeners who aren't in the room tonight, because I'm sure a few people here do know your story, but can you can you give us a little bit of an idea about the inspiration behind the book? It's it's just so beautiful, but also, you know, your journey and, and how you, I don't know, the, the, the message that you wanted to share through that book. Yeah, I guess, well, yeah, I lost my brother and my dad to uh, suicide, so it's something definitely very close to me. And, um, yeah, I guess that's what all the movies were. They were like an escape. And I did, I bottled it all up. I never really talked much about it when I was younger. And then um, as I become an adult, I realised I'd been sort of hiding all this stuff and it kind of builds up and, and yeah, I get sad even thinking about it. But um, talking about it's fucking grit, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking yeah, grit. As it comes, mate. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I went, I went and uh, I rang Beyond Blue and then they said like, go see a shrink. And then the when I saw the shrink, he's like, you should start writing shit down. And that sort of was the reason for the book and then um yeah i used the book to raise money for beyond blue which was cool and then yeah here we are (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about what you discovered about yourself in that process and and sort of like you know getting through that putting it on paper sort of really confronting the emotions that you're feeling yeah the, the the fucking trauma that you had to deal with it's no more fucking in your face than when you're writing it on paper and it's staring straight back at you. That's right, yeah. So just I think communication, like if um, trying to be a man and just not tell people your problems is probably not the best thing. And Because um, it has bubbled up through my life. Like I remember my wedding day, I kind of got emotional and then um, the first time I did Ninja Warrior, it all came to me again, like just before I was about to run. And it must just be <coughs> the way I got explained. It's because you're doing all this stuff and... They're not there to see it. So that brings it back and you're like, fuck. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's something you never sort of accept. Like I'm still, yeah, dealing with it, obviously. But, um, yeah, the more I can get other people to deal with it and then come the second season I sort of had more tools and um, the shrink's like, fuck, when all these feelings come in, just lean into it. Don't try and put it away and hide from the feelings. Just like embrace it and then... Sure enough, the second season I'm standing there about to run and they were like, feelings start coming back. I'm like, fuck. And then I just kind of leaned into it and I was just sort of, he said, just look up in the sky or whatever. It sounds so corny. But I remember just, I looked up and then I just sort of like, yeah, I've got this. And then kind of gave me the confidence. And then, um, yeah, then I had like an awesome run. I managed to get a buzzer and all that. So, it was, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Leaning in, man. That yeah. is the grit. <laughs> That's where you find out what you're made of. If, if you lean in and you fucking, you know, you, you confront it and you face it and you you know that you have to. Yeah. That's, you know, how you react to that is fine. Yeah. But leaning in is where the muscle is. That's yeah, where it is, sure. man. Um, fuck. Amazing, man. And so what prompted you guys to start the podcast? Because, like, there's a lot of this sort of conversation, a lot of, like, personal growth, a lot of healing, a lot of sharing uh, within that potty. Uh, as well as all the dick and ball jokes, which I <laughs> fucking really appreciate, by the way. Dick, dicks heal you, don't you reckon? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dick, yeah. yeah, they heal. Well, certain <laughs> area, like, yeah, they can cause damage as well. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, tell us about sort of your, how you two sort of got together and, and got that journey kicking in. Probably similar to you guys. We're on a bender at a Bucks party and we thought, we should do a pod. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on a party, we're on a bus, eh? Going yeah. back from the races and we're like, we all, like everyone does here, you have fun with your friends and you talk shit in groups and have drinks and um, things like that. And we're like, we should start recording some of these conversations and then lean into people that we know and get them on to t- tell their story. And it kind of started like that, didn't it? Yeah. What's the podcast called? Sorry? The Green Reapers. The Green Reapers. Might be the Grit Reapers soon. No, I haven't <laughs> catching up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, do you surprise yourselves with the the, the content? You know, like that you actually do go down paths where you're fully opening up, you're fully sharing your deepest, darkest feelings. Yeah. yeah. In a space where people are really tapping and connecting with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, and just the doors that it opens. Some of the guests we've had, like I never thought I'd meet them. Like I'm wearing Volk shirt right now, but yeah, dude, man. Like <laughs> yeah, Volkan- what was yeah. the story there? You had Volkanovski on in fight week before, you know, yeah. probably the biggest fight of his career. And I know he's from Warilla, and there's some skitty slabs around Warilla. Was he like a, <laughs> a closet boog lord back in the day? Yeah, I didn't know that, but he was. Yeah, that's like how you say, like how far it reaches. The first time we met him was before his sort of come up, but he was like, "Yeah, I remember tension and all that." Yes, and I, was like, I knew oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the world crazy. is just such a small wild, place. Uh, yeah, he's the Same. biggest fucking legend ever. You should get him on. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get him on, man. He's an icon. I and fucking he, love that well, guy. Yeah, that fight was champ. amazing. He's the how champ. Good, how good are teenagers? I like Whitey's son Jet, who was, was probably thirteen at the time when he first had Volker on. You know, they're too cool for school. Volker rolls up, he's in the house with him, introducing himself. Jet did not give a fuck at all. He's like, who's this guy? It was before he actually blown up. <laughs> and then now he's blown up. I often wonder if he's regretted not, like, giving him the cold shoulder. Eh? <laughs> like, like, I don't care, just give me some cornflakes, can't I? <laughs> 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 like, like, the feather, future feather champs in his room. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tooth fairy to me. He's proven them all wrong. Yeah. Gotta love but the it's been, Yeah, that, that was wild. And constantly the, I don't know, like, you guys, you guys do an amazing job. Like, the turnout today... Is amazing, and well, I guess you don't really know when you're talking to a microphone with your friend how far that will go and what it will grow into. You're just doing it for fun and like just fucking to pass time, and then you talk to a few guests, and then it, I don't know, just the passion project becomes bigger. But you have no control over where the fuck that's going, for good or bad. And you got no but, control over who fucking likes you too. <laughs> 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 nah, we love it, mate. Up the Swillians, fucking up the Swillians, nothing <laughs> better than the Swillians, mate. It is trippy. You, you, me and Smithy, like, you know, I don't know how long it's been, Smithy. How long has it been? Ten years. Yeah, you just fucking can't believe how well, You guys have been doing this for ten years. Ten years, mate. Yeah, no, early adopter. No, no shit, man. I swear, when I, started, really? when I started the pod, I didn't actually know of another pod in Australia. And I didn't find out about Joe Rogan for like another five years. Yeah. Smithy was on it. <laughs> and I, I can't believe how frothing, like how fucking deeply frothing I am any time someone says... Fuck yeah, up the swelling. Like, it's the best feeling because you know <laughs> that you fucking, I don't know, you just know that people are out there looking for connection. I guess yeah. that's what it is. You we- just fucking feel like, yes, we're connecting. You know that it's fucking doing the right thing and it's doing some good out there. Yeah. Even if it's purely ridiculous, it and feels good. We're getting a bit meta talking about yeah, a sorry, podcast sorry, on a podcast. Like but, uh, yeah, you know, if when you speak truth, when you just speak the pure truth, uh, you know, People don't treat you like a celebrity, which is good. They, they, they've heard you at your worst and your best. They've heard you, uh, you know, talk about Plume and the depths as they have. You know, these experiences that everyone has. So it's the beauty of podcasts. Like, you don't get treated like some fucking one-dimensional famous cunt with people screaming in your face, wanting selfies and shit. People treat you with a fair bit of respect. And I'm sure that this is something that uh, 
you would have experienced, you know, having covered the topics that you have in your podcast, I'm, I'm sure you would get constant feedback from people about how much you've helped them and, um, you know, shown them a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And, mate, it doesn't really get much more satisfying than that, does it? Yeah, that's like you're saying, when you see them in the wild and then they come up and you don't have to tell them nothing because they already know everything about you. <laughs> and it's just not awkward because they, they, like, yeah, it, it's cool. I love it. That's fucking cool, mate. Thanks so much, Bud. Hey, uh, oh, I know you got a stand-up comedy gig on tonight. Yeah. What's your best joke? Why don't you share it with the room? <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure, mate. I heard a good one about the seashell today. Yeah, go on. <laughs> spill it. <laughs> nah, I've got nothing. I've done a few gigs here at the Indie Bar, though, and I've bombed a few times. So it's, this is a, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be bad. That show's Still fucking... up here. Show's grit, though. I've got PTSD coming up there now. But it's not real. <laughs> nah, but you boys doing an amazing job. And what I will say, when Vaughn rocked up today, you're the ultimate vibe lord, eh? You know those in movies when the music stops and someone walks into a room? That was like, you just had like... Th there was no breeze, but somebody had a breeze. Your moustache was flying and everything. It was unreal, eh? It's like Vaughn yeah. had hair for a second. Yeah, it was unreal, yeah. Shorty looked after him, I think. <laughs> yeah, you've got something to donate, Shorty. But you boys are legends. I've got a piece anyway. Have Thanks, a good night. Take care. On your mind. Yeah, All right. Before we get our next guest up, I just want to... Uh, I should have said this at the start of the night. Fucking oath, the bong, supporting Ain't That Swell Live since day dot, Smithy. Can't do it without him. Got Credo here. Thanks so much, Creed. And, uh, Thanks for the air ticket. Yeah, mate. For the airplane. They got you here. Thank you very much. Let's get our next guest up. Where is he? Our final guest may be small in stature, but make no mistake about it. His balls are that big. He's employed a full-time forklift driver to help him get him out of bed in the morning. An 80s and 90s person yells OG warrior. He attacked the ACC and QS, but it was in waves of pure terror that he found his calling. A winner at NIAS, a winner at the World Cup at Sunset, a two-time third-place finisher at the Eddie I Cow Invitational, once with a broken back. This diminutive warrior earned his place in the pantheon of West Oz greats by doing exactly what West Oz cunts do best. Ripping him like a goddamn fucking lunatic and not making a pinch of fuss about any of it. And just when you thought he couldn't get any more West call, he takes on Cow's Bobby to suck the very first bucket of sweet, sweet titty milk from its swollen, throbbing udders. He needs no introduction, but let's give him one anyway. Paul, the Ant-Man, <laughs> Madison! How good's a grit? How good's a grit, by the way? Welcome to the grit. They don't come much grittier than this can. Fuck, the ultimate merchant of grit, the Ant-Man Vaughn. Carries around a set of nads, ten times his own body weight, the Ant-Man. Mate, you're actually from Perth originally. hundred times the power. That's right. Ants lift hundred times their weight, don't they? A hundred times, is that right? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, mate. Show us your sack, go and get it out. <laughs> you think your sack's big? Wait till you cop the stream on the cunt. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, mate, you're from Perth. What are your memories of this joint? Well, I did grow up in Perth. I was fortunate enough that Dad was going down south a lot. And we got a little taste for the southwest. And as everyone knows here, as uh, battlers in Perth, you've got to go down south. If you want a real wave, 
and you want to strive for anything, you've got to get down south. But um, so Perth was where we all started and uh, I got a little taste for the southwest, very young, and lived there for a solid 20 years before moving back to Perth, getting the kids through school up here. So um, I'm, I'm part of the, battler, the Perth battler story here. So I can tell you a little story about actually it's, it's coinciding with you guys arriving today. It was a very special day for Perth battlers. All right? So here's, wow. a, here's a little grit story um, about... Grit. Because uh, us Perth battlers haven't seen a proper swell for, what, five months? What? Yeah. Five fucking months! <laughs> you know the moment when you get smashed by a big wave, you know, it lands right here and you get elevated. You know, you get proper elevated. And that, that point of, of motionless, like, you're in the air for... You see the pipeline a bit. You know those guys who... That the wave lands here and you get elevated, boom, you get blasted into the air. It's motionless, it's weightlessness. Like it happens, at, you see it at Pipeline, you see it at maybe Chopu, see it at Marga River. No, today, Scarborough Beach. Yeah, Scarborough! Fucking Scarborough! <laughs> Perth Battlers, we're back! You heard the man! Bit of swell, Smithy. Bit but of smell in Scarborough. Seriously, not shitting you. First swell of the first swell of the year. We haven't seen a wave, a proper swell for five months. Oh, uh, no, in Perth. Down south's been good. Down south, we get waves every every day of the week. But today, very first wave, very first fucking wave. I rock up. It's offshore. It's just it's proper macking. I'm going fuck. Oh shit. I, I haven't ridden a fiberglass board in Perth for like fucking. I can't remember. Been riding, I've been riding softboards all summer. So I'm out there at Scarborough fucking beach. Up very first wave, a little fucking, oh, it's a fucking cone dog. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking didn't even, didn't even barely get in it. And the thing's starting to suck and dredge. And it goes boom, and I'm fucking elevated in the air, motionless. At Scarborough fucking beach. I'm not a pipeline, I'm at fucking Scarborough. Mate. I'm in the I'm in the air like I'm fucking going. You know, it lasts for about one, two, probably two seconds. Feels like an eternity, right? Feels like fucking ages. And I fucking land and get fucking blasted into the sandbank. And and I know your board's right there. You know, and your board's right there. And so my both hands are on my board. Get my board away, and my leg rope straight around my neck, right? And I've hit the sandbank, and I'm getting choked out by my own board. <laughs> I've got scars on my scars Scarborough. On my this is my first wave at Scarborough Beach. I've been absolutely flogged, right? Absolutely fucking flogged. Like, and I just get up and went, shit, yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, mate. Woo! Bloke who comes third at the eddy with a broken back gets almost <laughs> killed at Scarbs on a walk. Scarbs on a fucking days. beach today. <laughs> I'm never fucking surfing this beach, ever. I nearly got choked out and fucked up at Scarborough Beach. First wave of the year. First swell of the year. Thank you for you guys for bringing that along with you guys. Up the swell. Well, 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 Mate, uh, so yeah, you, you mentioned you moved down south. You end up doing like a, a chefing apprenticeship, was it, alongside Damon Easto at a, at a winery preparing filet mignon for a bunch of bourgeois parasites. <laughs> 
But uh, you're getting the last laugh because you're out there, I don't know, packing slabs and surfing cow bombing and whatnot. And uh, you had a bit of a rat pack down there. You had uh, yourself, Damon, Mitch Dawson. Uh, mate, talk us through the, those early years. Like, that must have been some some wild and raw adventures. Yeah, well, I, I think I sort of cottoned on to it at an early age. Damon Eastall was a bit of a blessing for me. I got to see him surfing. And he, I was just looking up to him going, whoa, okay, well, that's what I want to do right there. Like the guy was just packing it, left, right and centre. And then, Where was he packing it? Uh, this is Rabbit Hill and Yelling Up and Bears. Everywhere I surfed at Yelling Up area, Damon was there. And then a bit later down the track, it was Damon and Mitch, Mitch Thorson. They were the two big wave brothers of WA. I mean, this is after Ian Cairns and, you know, the other, the other lords, but... In my era, when I was growing up, Damon Eastor and Mitch Thorson were the big wave brothers. They were just out there packing the bombies. There's everything bigger and better than anyone. They both have real good styles too, like real natural good styles. So good that they took me under their wing and showed me, you know, this and that. And and I just loved it. I loved watching what they were doing and I was (laughs) jockey weight. So I couldn't quite... You know, do what they were doing, but it took a while and it was mind over matter for me because I didn't have the weight to do it, but I just wanted to do it so bad that I'm going to fucking get coned like they are. Did you get, like, when was your adrenaline ever spiking, mate? Because did did you have to fight through any sort of level of fear at any point to do what those guys were doing or was it just in you to just fucking go it? No, there's always fear there. Don't let anyone tell you that. Fucking, yeah, I was fucking, there's no, I wasn't scared. Fuck off, you're fucking scared. Fucking, we're all scared. It's fucking huge. Don't let anyone fucking fool you. They're not scared. They're fucking scared. Well, two foot scarves is huge to you. No disrespect. I mean, you just said it yourself. We're all, we're all scared, but you learn how to deal with it and you learn to get a taste for it and you go, fuck, that was good. I want bigger. I want better. And you just want bigger and better and... I didn't physically have the capability to handle it, so mentally I had to overcome quite a lot. And mentally I had to really calm myself down and deal with it up here to survive a lot of probably near-death situations where uh, physically I've, I, there's no chance I would have survived, but mentally I overcome that. Were there any sessions uh, or wipeouts or experiences that really stick out in your mind from that period when you were you know, adjusting mentally to the, the, the feat of surfing those kinds of waves? Oh, the shitloads, fuck. <laughs> where do we start? No, Got all night? Yeah, give us, um, give us your heaviest one, mate. Like one where you were really fucking sketchy. Under. No, well, back in the day, um, back in the day, I spent a lot of time in Hawaii. So that sort of grew me about learning how to deal with big wave situations. Just surfing Hawaii, I spent 10 years in a row. I spent three or four months here for 10 years in a row. So 10 full seasons in a row. And you just learn with every situation. You know, um, there was one day, you know, the old, um, this is quite early, I think, quite maybe mid-90s, going back a fair bit, but before the internet was quite a thing and we used to listen to the Hawaii Boo Report. You know, the Hawaii Boo Report. It goes something like, I haven't listened to it for about 25 years or something. You know, it goes something like, um, uh, here is the Hawaiian Boo Report and coastal wind observations for around the state. (laughs) Booey one. 20 feet, 20 seconds, and you go, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> fuck we're on here, you know? Yeah. And, and the buoy one was, you know, 
X amount of miles off Kauai and it took 12 hours to get here. And if you bump into Ross Williams down at Mug River, he'll tell you exactly how, how long that swell takes to get here. And um, there's one day um, I surfed, went, paddled out at sunset with an eight foot six board. Normally I only ride a seven foot six, maybe an eight foot board at sunset ever. This one day I took this eight foot six, I don't know why, it's thick and heavy as fuck. <laughs> and it's attached to my little leg and I'm 65 kilos. I think the board weighed more than I did. <laughs> and I paddled out and I didn't fucking ring the buoy, did I? And I didn't know the swells fucking start to rise, so I'm out there. Oh, wait, so you you used to be able to ring the buoy? Yeah, you ring, <laughs> brum 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 brum. Ring, What's ring, the ring, number? Ring. You just get like nine one one. Just a, just a free, it was a free call. <laughs> I ring the buoy port. This is before the internet, and you had to log into buoy one. The buoy one was X amount of kilometres off Kauai. If you timed it, if you knew your buoys. Take 12 hours to get here, and you fucking, you know. Just a couple of lords out there on the buoys, like, yeah, yeah it's mate. This poopy. day was so big. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Ant, it's fucking big, mate. Yeah, so <laughs> take the fucking eight two or something. <laughs> you know. Double leggy. Oh, that's a good job, isn't it? Oh. Just buoy, buoy guy sitting on the buoy with a phone going, hello, Ant Man. Like, Yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty big, Ant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, 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 this day was so big, all the old lords was too big. I think they've already been washed in. And I haven't quite cottoned on to how fucking big it actually was. And when the swell in Hawaii gets big, every, it just gets big really quick. Like, you, we don't understand. Like, over here, you know, you see a rising swell, it comes up overnight. Over in Hawaii, it gets big, like, by the, like, by the set. Like, like, every half hour, it's fucking Mongo. And... Within a couple of hours, it's out of fucking control. So I've, I've paddled down and go, fuck, it's pretty big. And everyone, there's only a couple of guys out there going, oh, fuck. And, and I'm not sure if any of you guys have sunset, but it's sort of the big West Peak rolls in here. And, I, and to get to the channel is really hard to get away from this big West Peak. So I go this way. I go out there and to uh, backyards. And that was all good for about 10 minutes. And then every set got bigger. Every set got bigger and bigger. And this is my first introduction to learning how to deal with survival. <laughs> and I've gone out this way, which is all good until the North Peak meets the West and it fucking unloads on you. And I'm fucking gone. I'm so far out to sea by this stage because every set got bigger. And then all of a sudden I'm out there in the middle of fucking nowhere. No one's out there. <laughs> Where did you paddle out, Sunset? Yeah, Sunset. Oh, and, sunset. and all of a sudden I'm looking out, a total, a total... <laughs> 20-foot fucking whiteout. I'm looking at the outer reefs, rolling out at me going, okay, all right, here we go. And I'm by myself with this fucking massive board attached to my leg I didn't want at all. <laughs> and I'm looking at these things going, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to paddle. I'm looking at 20-foot bits of white water coming here. There's not one of them. There's about 10 of them. So, go, all right, here we go. Just put my board aside. This is it. This is where you learn. Go underwater, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. <laughs> and this is where the mind over matter, I put my board aside. Ah, and I go, I call it ragdoll. And I go to ragdoll. I went to ragdoll and got flogged, you know, come up. Oh. Grenade. I go, that was all right, come up, that was all right. Oh, fuck, shit, here's another one. And I'm, I'm like so far out to sea, I copped about eight of these things. And I'm washed into the inside bowl <laughs> by about eight of these 20-foot whitewaters. I'm 
I'm at the proper sunset inside bowl, curled over my board going, oh, it's so lucky that my leg rope didn't break. So fucking lucky. So I still have my board. I'm sucking the big ones in. And this guy comes out of fucking nowhere. Where did he come from? He's come from Second Reef somewhere. And he goes, dude, we got to get out of here. It's fucking out of control. <laughs> Was it one of the guys off the boys? And I went, <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. went, you got to go. And I went, yeah, no shit. I fucking, <laughs> and I fucking killed overboard. I've been washed in about 400 metres. I'm fucking out of here. Don't worry, dude. I'm fucking... <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say, no, nah, mate, just one more, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ant cork. Just getting completely <laughs> rinsed. Wow. Proper ragdolled and a total whiteout. It was like a bit of a wake-up call. you got to know what you're doing. When you pal out to a big wave situation, you got to plan. you got to know what your shit. And now the internet's around. It's a bit easier. Mate, you don't have to call the lads in. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always trip because even though I knew you spent a lot of time in Hawaii and I knew that you fucking love Sunset, that story explains why you won said sunset. You know, not many people win in Hawaii. Did I say, did I say bum set? Up <laughs> <laughs> the better beers. No, nah, man. I mean, you a know, couple better beers, real quick. Just, what? just sorry. Any beers? Oh, can we get some more better beers up here? Oh, there's yeah, a we got something. Co- but, mate, cold ones. Cold ones. Yeah, man, like fuck, man. Winning in Hawaii sunset. is so so hard, and Sunset especially. The goat famously hates that place. He he said it openly. I hate this wave. I don't connect with it. I don't know. It just takes a special kind of surfer to get that joint. I guess when you've been ragdolled by eight, ten, twenty footers, you get to know the place pretty well. Um, did you surprise yourself by winning that contest? No, I wasn't surprised at that stage because I, I put the time in. I put a lot of time in sunset. Like when I went to Hawaii, I I loved Hawaii. I just loved co- because you know Hawaii is their winter is our summer, and I did everything I could to get away from our summer. I was living down yelling up, and everyone knows that everyone goes down to yelling up for the summer. It gets pretty busy, and I couldn't think of anything better. Like the whole world tour had come to Hawaii, and then they'd all leave straight away after the contest, and I'm sort of looking at them going. Why, why are you guys fucking leaving? You're going back to the east coast of Australia? Hot as fuck. It's two foot fucking northeast fucking yeah. south fucking Dara. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> exactly. And in those days, the comps were all done by December. It's only getting good in January, February. Right. And December in Hawaii just starts to get good. Just gets better and better. And, you know, the bulls are coming in January. And, and they all they all dialed in. They knew what was fucking going on. They're not fucking going. And, and I'm staying I'm staying till March. I'm not going home until I have to. Fuck until they deport me. Fuck, this is insane. It's fucking hot as fucking at home. It's fucking summer. There's cunts everywhere. And it's fucking drizzly. <laughs> they paint the scene for us in those years. You know, it's the, the mid-90s, like, you know, who's running the North Shore? Who was in your crew? How are you keeping your nose clean, both of blood and, uh, you know, dehui cocaine? Mate, I was living off a sniff of an oily rag, you could say. I remember the year I won Sunset, I borrowed a $1,000 US off my brother just to get by that last leg, got there. And um, I had a little car and the house was staying in just flooded out of rain heaps. Fucking, And Sam Carey comes over and me and Sam Carey are hanging out and he goes, oh, I've got this 
got this apartment in Honolulu. We go, well, fuck it, our place is flooded. Let's go and stay there. Honolulu, it's fucking, you know, it's, it's an hour drive, you know, to get back to the North Shore. And it's a funny story how we sort of, we committed to that because we just had no money. We're living off, you know, rice and veggies, but we're getting by. We're having such a fucking blast. And the parties were late on, you know. We still had a party and we didn't spend a cent. We are somehow getting by. What was Sam Carrier up to? Sam, me and Sam Carrier, fucking hell, he's the best big wave brother in the world. We were charging outside reefs and shit that we would no idea what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> and I did it with this guy who was, he's big and strong and he could handle it. And I'm just fucking tagging along going, yeah, I've got it. He could handle it, but fucking hell, we... we we should have died probably a few times, but he was awesome. And that morning, actually, the morning that Sunset ran the finals, we're in Honolulu, right? And we're staying in his apartment and we hear this big fucking cannon go up. Boom! What the fuck is that? And we get up and go, what the fuck is... Is Honolulu getting fucking raided? Another fucking chap's back. <laughs> And it was the start of the Honolulu Marathon. And we go, oh, it's just the start of a fucking marathon. All these people start running down the road. Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> we go, oh, fuck. Well, we're up now. Fuck, let's go. Let's go to Sunset. I think the comp's on. <laughs> <laughs> and we drove out there, sure enough, the comp's on. And fucking, I was just on. And because I put so much time into Sunset, like during that event, I'm paddling out, in, you know, in the early heats and, and it was big and washing. And all these pros are in my head. They're, they're in the channel pallet. You can see the fear in their face. They're going, hmm, okay. I'm just sitting here, you know. It's fucking another day at sunset for me because I surfed it that much. Like I put so much fucking time in there and no no pros in the world surf sunset. So I didn't realise at the time. I'm sort of looking at this guy going, fuck, i got this guy. He's fucking shitting himself. <laughs> Kelly Slater. <laughs> well, Kelly never shits himself but... Like you said, he doesn't like Sunset and he, he's first to admit it. Who was the guy? Can you tell us? I, I, I'm not going to say no. I can't actually remember his name. It was a, he's Brazilian. But he, he was he, – the fear in his face, the fear in his face was real. And I'm fucking laughing at him. The, the heat hasn't even started. I'm sort of going, <laughs> fucking I've got you, cunt. At least, at least I'm not getting last. You called the is movies. This final or early in the day? Andy? No, this is um, sort of in the middle of the rounds. Yeah. And, and I was just on. And every dog has his day. Come the final day, I was just on. And I every ant. Yeah, and I was just so in tune with Sunset because I've surfed it so much. And no one in that comp, no matter who you are, pro surfer, no one surfed it more than I have, you know, to that point. So I was just on and every dog has his day. Oh, mate, but wait, wait. There must have been a couple of heats because we're talking like pretty heavy. What what year was that again? Do you remember? Ninety six. So ninety six. All right, you're talking real peak era Slater here. You're talking momentum generation all at the top of their game. A lot of those guys are wine. Like you must have had heats against your Dorians, your Williams, your Slaters. Like, what was your? Do you have any memories of any heats from that day, or were you just in your own zone? Fuck, they didn't get looking, mate. <laughs> The, the guy challenged me is Shane Beshan. Shane Beshan got second. He was in the zone. Um, 
But I remember Sean Thompson on the mic. Oh, fuck, ball batters. You know, talking to how I surfed the heat in the semi. Pots ten, number two. Ten point right. <laughs> yeah. And it was it. It was that. And, and Tom Carroll was coming to me. He, Tom Carroll just somehow just pull up where my car was parked in between every heat. And he'd give me this nod and go, fuck, you're on today. I go, fuck you, Tom. Oh, I'm fucking on. I'm on today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's just meant to be that day. It was do, just do meant you, to be. Do you reckon, like, growing up in West Oz and surfing Yowls and Margies, did that make you feel comfortable over there? Oh, yeah. Similarities? The Southwest, we are so blessed in the Southwest, are we? It is the most consistent coastline for surf in the world. And and the Southwest groomed us for this. And, and the push growing up with Jake, you know, we pushed each other to get deeper and bigger we just want a bigger wave i want to get deeper than you my fuck you know we're serving rabbit hill all our life all our life trying to get deeper and bigger waves so it's so helped having jake such a competitive animal and i didn't give a fuck i just want to surf bigger waves and go to hang out in hawaii and he was a competitive mongrel and and smoked him there and i went ah oh, yeah see you later guys i'm going to hawaii <laughs> it's so weird though and because fuck man just his influence on you is just undeniable if he was the competitive animal. Because you had big wins. You won NIAS twice. You won the World Cup at Sunset. You won, well, two-thirds in the eddy, one with a broken back, which we'll talk about in a sec because that's going to be a fucking good yarn. But there's also this medal. I don't know if you guys can see it hanging off the front of the stage. It's an ISA big wave gold medal for Australia that Paul Patterson won at Todos Santos. Like, mate... You won hectic shit. Like, you must be competitive. Yeah, that came from Jake, yeah. Growing up with a very competitive brother. <laughs> but that was, it was all good. It's very healthy competition. But we went on different paths, which is even better. And showed Jake everything I knew at sunset. And look what happened to him. Fucking great. He won two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, describe the dynamic just between you guys if you can. Because it's, it's classic. You, you're absolute icons. You're legends. You've won everything worth winning in the surf world. You know, from J-Bay to Pipe to Sunset to fucking everything. Like, how did you guys get on? Was, was it a friendly rivalry? Like, it was his competitiveness... Something that fueled you and was, was your love for this heavy water something that fueled him? Uh, uh, growing up with, um, we're all quite close. We're only um, 13 months apart. So when we're young, you're beating the shit out of each other. And you you know, the, when you're young. the oldest, right? Well, I'm the oldest, yeah. I'm older than Jake. And he's uh, we're only 13 months apart. So as you were young, we're beating the shit out of each other. But as you get older and we're surfing, that was um, that sort of just took, you know, all that. Like an over froth, we just surfed and wore, us, wore ourselves out in the surf rather than beat the shit out of each other. Let's go surfing. And we put all our focus and energy in the surf and then trying to outdo each other on the surf rather than beat the fuck out of each other. It was way better. And then at some stage, uh, TB explodes onto the scene, right? And, and him and Jake were sparring partners. What was it like watching the supernova Taj Mahal burrow explode? <laughs> oh, how good was Taj? Like, we're watching him as this little pint-sized grommet yelling up. Like on the inside section, there's this little wedge on the inside at yelling out, right? He just surfed the inside. Boo! You just start to. And this one year, he must have been, I don't know, he's still young. I go, he's out the back. I go, hey, 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 hang on. What, what, what are you doing out here? 
You've been on the inside for fucking years. And all, and like pretty young. He's out the back and it's six foot and he's getting a few. I go, oh, okay, all right, here we go. And boom, within that year, Taj is out the back and he's surfing big waves and like the rest is history. The guy came on so young, so quick. The, the, the talent was like phenomenal. There's no talent like that we've seen since um, Jack Robbo is the only one that could back that up. You know? I'd like to just... Give Taz a little shout out because uh, it wasn't really much song and dance made about it, but just this year he was inducted into the Australian Surfing Hall of Fame, which Shit, yeah. that's where he belongs. Yeah, Taz. There's not many crew there, and uh, he's he's up there, and he deserves to be with every single one of them. Yeah, MP Simon, fucking TF, midget. Up there with the best that's never that's won a it. world title. No, Kidman yeah. would say he would beg to differ. <laughs> Kidman was like. Oh. It was all back foot surfing and then Taj came in with this front foot surfing. And I was like, oh, I always loved Taj surfing. Like Montage is my favourite movie ever and I watched that religiously. But, yeah, I never could I, – well, I never even thought of it like that. And then I met Kidman and he was like, yeah, no. And I was like, huh? It's Taji boy. I'll no Hall of Fame for you. I'll give that a resounding, huh? Yeah, I was like, huh? Nah, TV's fucking as good as anyone ever and probably had more influence on surfing globally than just about anyone. Yeah. Get back on protecting your mouth. If, exactly. you're if you're listening, Kidman. Get back on protecting your mouth. Pretty piss weak if you ask me. <laughs> nah, I love Kidman. And, uh, mate, yeah, as you mentioned, Vaughn, the Eddie, mate. Uh, Two thirds, one of a fucking broken back. Are you kidding me? Uh, mate, talk us through it. Yeah, I, I guess talk us through the one with a broken back. Well, uh, it was actually at Waimea. I had a little session at Waimea. Surfed pretty much every Waimea swell for that 10-year period. And I didn't know I was leading up to the Eddie, but it turned out it was. Um, just session. Had a bad wipeout. You know when you go over at a big wipeout and you fall this way? Oh, wrong way. Oh. And it all lands on you. <laughs> it just happens to be 20 foot. <laughs> and I uh, sustained uh, two compression fractures in my, right in the middle of my back. And it wasn't too bad, you know, I was getting by. It felt like a, it felt like a pop rib or something. And, and all I could do was walk. I could just walk around. I could bend forward, but I couldn't go sideways. It was really, really excruciating. And, and then all of a sudden the eddy's on. It's only fucking two weeks after I've done this. So I'm going, what the fuck am I going to do? And um, I dosed up on heaps of painkillers and going, I fucking got this. No worries, it's fucking butter out there. I've got this. And um, and I managed to get, like, in the EDI cow, you get two heats and you're only allowed to catch four waves in each heat. So at the end of the day, you're only allowed to catch eight heats in the whole day and four of them got to count. So I, I think I only caught six waves that day, took it really easy. I didn't wipe out once and I still managed a uh, tenth. <laughs> tenth place by riding a few waves without wiping out. But after that, I didn't surf for three months after that and let my back heal properly. What, what boards? Who shaped your guns? Uh, I had an Albino. I took an Albino over there. Good story about the Albino for Waimea. I took over. It was the Eddie Ceremony. Have any of you guys seen the Eddie Ceremony? We go out and pay our respects to Eddie and we all come out in big, big circle at Waimea. And this day was a little bit of swell, just a little bit. And there was this one Fucking freak set, just out of nowhere. And I'm at the bottom of the circle. The circle's going on, the speech is going on, 
And I can see this set coming, right? I'm going, uh, I'm sort of looking at the other guys going, hey, you know. And I, I go, I'm not moving. I can't, I'm not battling off until they all move. I'm not, you know, I'm going to be, I'm sort of going, I'm look, I look around and go, Guys, sick set. Look, this freak fucking set comes in the ceremony and it cleans up the whole ceremony. There's, there's kids in the lineup. There's everyone there. We all get fucking cleaned up. And I didn't move. I didn't budge until everyone else left. And there goes my board. My board. No one's got leg ropes. It was fucking a freak set. We're in the circle. We're in the circle of the Eddie ceremony, mate. Paying our respects. The whole fucking circle is cleaned up, boy. And Eddie must have had the last laugh, I'll tell you what. Eddie. And, and, and all our boards are fucking on the point, smashed to bits. They fucking look like they've been attacked by a shark. So there goes my Albin. There goes my Wyomere board. So Jeff Bushman shaped me a couple of boards. Jeff Bushman made these hell boards. And because and I'm a lightweight, and he shaped me these little step decks to bring the rail down, and they just work. He goes... Use this for Wyomere only. I went, all right, well, okay. I'm not going to fucking ride this fucking thing. It's nine fucking foot, fucking huge. I'm not sure where else I'm going to ride it. But <laughs> <laughs> and it went like a fucking dream and I got third the first year I got in the eddy on, on Jeff's new board. It fucking went like a dream. It's all about the takeoff, you know, surviving the biggest takeoff of your life. Amazing, man. Fucking crazy story. Give it up for the air, man. Mate, another, I wouldn't so much call it a highlight, although it does definitely feature in your kind of highlight reel. More of a low light though, uh, mate. You got absolutely peppered at the right. Uh, your old mate Grant Twiggy Baker whipped you into an absolute special. People probably have seen this photo. It's one of the most iconic wipeout photos of all time. Uh, you, you know, you get whipped into basically, it's like a kind of like a 20 foot double up almost and the thing just eats itself and you get absolutely cornholed on it. Hey, I mean, what do you remember of that session? Uh, yeah, talk us through what happened afterwards. Oh, mate, after watching these fucking mad bastards doing it for years and I'm not sure how they fucking didn't get their rims ripped off fucking left, right and centre, these fucking mad bastards. <laughs> He's pointing was, to Chris White for those listening and I thought, on the fuck podcast. That. We're gonna go. We're gonna have a go. All right. So we're down there, and um, it was so big this swell that even the locals went up north. Went to their bro. They all went up north. There was no one there. It was just me and Twiggy. And uh, fortunately, Russell Law was there and a bit of backup. We didn't fucking know. Like, we're going. Oh, yeah, well, it doesn't look too bad. You know, it's pretty fucking bit stormy out the back, but on the reef was actually okay. So. Had a good suss out. We sort of tried to play it a bit safe. And we got a couple of waves. All right, all right. We're in here. We're in. This is all right. We're in. Let's go. And then um, Twee gets one and he fucking wrenches his neck out and he's fucked. He's, you know, he's not feeling too good. Fuck, you, you get the rope. All right, I'll have a go. And uh, as what so he might Twiggy, tell you. Twiggy whipped in. Twi- Twiggy. I had to talk him into it. Twiggy hates towing. Twiggy's the best big wave paddler in the world. And I had to talk him into this day. He he didn't like fucking towing him, but it was. Took on Twiggy Baker from Twiggy Baker. South South Africa. He's my big wave brother. I spent a lot of time with Twiggy Baker in uh, Durban and Cape Town and all through South Africa, travelling up and down the whole South African coast. That guy is he's taking big wave surfing to another fucking level. That guy. And um, 
we actually got this, you know, and he goes, you're right, you take the rope. So I get this one and, and you know, uh, Whitey will tell you, anyone who surfed the right consistently has a two-wave hold down. They all get fucked up. It, all the local crew, they've all been through it. And I thought, fuck, I've never, I've never done that. I fucking wouldn't know how to handle that. Yeah. So this thing's that big that it looked like a normal one, but it's got the corner. When the corner comes in and it's another, it's a different wave. It's a south bend on it. I go, oh, fuck. And once you let go of the rope there, and these guys will know, once you let go, you can't pull out. You can't go straight. You, you, the wave is drawing so much fucking water, you have to fucking go. All right, I've got to go. And I'm, look, I'm looking at another wave coming at me this way. I'm going, that shouldn't be there. What the fuck's that doing? <laughs> now, now what? I can't go there. I can't go here. I can't fucking, where am I going? Shut the front door. Are you kidding me? So where you sort of fade normally and get the biggest fucking barrel of your life, I was just gunning to try and get, I fucking, try and get the channel as far as I can. Far as I can that way to the channel. Near right. <laughs> Just brrr, fucking bang. And the most fucking biggest belting of your fucking life where you feel like every limb is going to get ripped off your body. Yeah, you almost died, right? Like, uh, I remember you telling me this story. You, you end up copping the, not just the two-wave hold down, but you come up, like, semi-conscious and there was a third one about to land on you and, uh, you know, Twiggy screaming at you and uh, I think you end up fucking smashing you in the face with the jet ski sled, which kind of woke you up almost uh, a la the, the Kobe Abbott and headbutt of life to Heath Nutty Walker and uh, kind of put you back on the map. You're like, oh, 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 I'm fucking, I'm not asleep in my bed. And uh, yeah, you, I'm fucking about to cop a third wave on the head, but you survive. <laughs> that is a, it's a funny, yeah, it's a, a, amazing that. Um, not funny, dude. Well, <laughs> you know, after the first one, absolutely obliviated, um, you get taken off the reef there, so these guys, and then it goes into the abyss. And, and there's this thing about all that water off a shallow slab goes into deep water and it just goes like this. It goes boom, boom. Every swirl takes you down, 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 and down, and down, and down. By the time it was done with me, I open up my eyes and have a look and it's really dark. And when it's dark, you go, oh, fuck, I'm really deep. And your ears, your fucking pressure, everything's going off. You go, ah, oh, fuck. And then I go start doing the big frog kicks up. And then the second one comes over. I went, oh, oh, there it is, number two. So, wait, you're swimming upwards with your eyes open from a yep. fuck, who knows, like probably Only, 10, 10 metres deep. And you see the next thing just detonate above you. After, the, after I'm done with the first annihilation and it mellows, then I open my eyes and work out what the fuck's going on. I start doing the big frog kicks. I'm coming up, no worries, got this. And then boom, the second one goes over me. I'm not even halfway up. What does it look oh. like at that point when you're halfway up and, and, and seeing that thing explode above you? Like, did you, yeah, did you have a clear view of the wave? Because there's no other wave in the world where that happens, where you can be. It's fucking dark, it was so deep, man. I can't see shit. Can't see shit, yeah. <laughs> That's when he pulls out his little glow light from the back of his head and just hangs in front of him and starts eating krill. Pull out my antennas. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm going to be down here for a while. I'm going to need some sustenance. Wasn't, wasn't much to see down there. Fuck, I fucked up. And, and that's when I went to rag the old rag doll. Oh, that's it. Second wave came over, rag doll. And just let myself go, oh, that's it, I'm dead. When I say, oh, that's it, I'm dead, I go to rag doll. 
do not move a muscle because as soon as you start swimming, you produce carbon dioxide. There's a science behind it. And if you don't move a single muscle, you don't pr produce carbon dioxide, which makes you want to breathe. And you guys can all do it. You can all survive. And if you relax underwater, you can, you can hold your breath for a fucking long time if you have to. And when you have to, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you got it. You have to. Amen. Call it ragdoll. Just remember, ragdoll, go under and turn yourself off. Just sit underwater. It's quite relaxing. It's really relaxing. Still wee-wee. There's not many people in the world that can relax in that situation. No, no. And I learned how to do it, thank Fuck, I got fucked up in Hawaii all those years. I learned how to do it. <laughs> and, and, and this was a major survival situation, though. It got to the point where by the time I got up, I slowly just got – I didn't have much um, buoyancy. I just slowly brought me up. And, and, and the next wave was drawing water. So I've been sucked out from the channel into the impact. Twiggy said, you came up right in the middle of the peak. And the third wave came up. And he goes, someone was fucking looking after you. The third wave came up and didn't break. And it came up, you came up as a third wave came over you. So the third, I was nearly under for three and I got up. And I went, I, I consciously knew, I could see that the colours changing. I, I'd see myself coming out. I consciously knew I got there, went like this and then went, that's it. And I passed out. Surface passed out and Twee came and ripped my head up. And fortunately, that third wave didn't break, but the fourth one was a fuck another 20 footer. So we're under the pump. So Twiggy's gone, fuck it. And he's, he got me, ripped my head up, and I'm in a daze, and I'm going like this. And he goes, he, he's screaming the fuck out of me. I'm going like this. And like you, like you said, he whipped, he whipped the sled around so hard it went whack. It fucking smashed me so hard in the face it woke me up which was a blessing, and he goes, grab on! And I just looked at my hands, which had nothing, no energy left. I just went, oh, fucking grab on. And the, the littlest fucking whatever I had, I just grabbed on, and he had to zoom out of this fucking 20-footer into the channel. And, of course, I was sucking the big ones off. I was sort of out of air, but it was more about the pressure in my head. The pressure, because I didn't equalise from going push so deep, I felt like my head was about to fucking burst like a pimple. It was fucked up. I don't think my head's been the same since. So <laughs> that is a gritty story. Pure grit. The merchant Pure of grit. grit. Give it up for the Ant-Man. All right, it's question time. So uh, that's what Ant-Man's body was doing underwater in case Ask us 
Rightio, Swellians. We've got a graphene wetsuit for the best question tonight. Credo's going to pick the answer. Sorry, the question. So who wants to uh, throw something at our panel? Shorty, of course you do, mate. I've actually had a thing about um, Creed because um, he's a very good surfer. Yep. And I was thinking, what would it take for you? Like, I, I was thinking maybe there could be like a thing, like a um, where he... I can see a wetsuit sailing far away from you, Shorty. <laughs> but keep going. What will it take for you to um, basically go against all these pricks on the um, Challenger series where I think you can beat them all? Pretty piss weak if you ask me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not cut out. I'm not cut out for that. Uh, I, hey, I reckon selective venues fucking crazy kick their fucking ass. Yeah. Where would you like to compete? How, like J-Bay, you'd love to have a crack at J-Bay, wouldn't you, if you got a wild card? Oh, man, I would have a crazy panic attack before the comp even started and it would be a fucking psycho. I'd oh, nothing be... a few rounds of Wim Hof wouldn't get out of you, mate. Go on, fucking six rounds, get in the ice and then go tear a couple off. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. Have you competed in a, any great. QSs or CTs? No. I imagine you've been in a few QEs. I did. I, I did some uh, QEs when I was like 18 or something. Um, but yeah, I got, I got, I just, yeah, I, I grew up with my dad. We, we, we did heaps of comps together. Um, he's a very competitive person and, um, I think I, uh, I don't know, like I won an Australian title once, which was pretty crazy, but it, it was, it was, I think I just kind of did it because, uh, it was just cool hanging out with dad doing that shit, you know? And then, um, as I got older, I just kind of. I'm not cut out for that shit. I think I think Creed taps into Mikey February at J Bay. Fucking kick the ass. Yeah, Mikey totally. Feb. And mate, also you were like Jack Robbo's, uh, you know, junior sparring partner. Like it was basically just you and him going one two, like uh, in a lot of the junior events, right? Yeah, in WA, I guess. Yeah, when we were really little. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just trying to make an album, man. Yeah, know. man. Let's talk about the music. Talk about the music, Smithy. What's your name, bro? Paddy, bro. What is it? Paddy, bro. Paddy's got a question. And he's just scored a hat. Can he score a witty? Has anyone actually packed a cone on one of these better beer boards? I don't know. Yeah, I reckon. I didn't understand the question. So, every... Everyone who bought a Better Beer gets a ticket and we're going to draw a raffle and someone's going to win the Better Beer board. Better Wait, Beer. Where are you going to pack a cone, though? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Smithy. It's a double entendre, Creed. A double entendre, my friend. What's your name, man? Uh, I'm Kale. This one's for Wongy. What about one of your biggest fanboys slash ex-Rental Tenants, Buddha, being one of your podcast partners? How do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> I think... Yeah, Buddha's such a legend. We've done 245 episodes and we literally haven't had one fight ever. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I think we just gel really Yeah, well. I mean, well, he's not going to fight a fucking black belt in jiu-jitsu, is he? Like, <laughs> I don't mean physical, but not even a verbal fight. So uh, we just get along really well. So 
He's a perfect guy. I was going to say, Whitey, that it's amazing what eating a couple of pingers before you do your potty will do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no fighting, just pure love. Journalism at its finest. Oh, you got one? What's your name, mate? Jonesy. Hey, Whitey. How you going? This is a question for you, brother. Uh, Chris, what would you rather do, mate? Would you rather uh, support Johnny Moffat on your shoulders and walk onto the entertainment centre as Behemoth or go over the falls at Chobes? Oh, Moffat all the way. I love Moffat. <laughs> and fuck on over the falls at Chobes. Wait, explain. What's this? Uh, what is this? I don't know. Is this West Oz uh, core Scarborough speak? What's Behemoth? What's uh, this fucking arena? Oh, in one of the early movies I had um, this guy, John, on my shoulders and we put a shirt so we looked like a real tall person. We tried to sneak into the movies with one ticket. <laughs> Actually, I, in... I remember now. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Another classic <coughs> gag. Smithy, Fuck you were good. Gold cone <laughs> piece award winning shenanigans Vaughn. You got a cone to chuck out? Smithy, uh, got Cameron here. Swelly and core lord, what do you got for us, Cam? G'day. Uh, two part question. Number one, is there a smoke machine behind Creed or is it is he just packing some cones under the <laughs> table there? We've actually got a uh, a little slave, a little gimp uh, that we keep back there just just ripping rompers like constantly to get that effect. Uh, yeah, we couldn't afford a we couldn't afford a smoke machine, but we could afford heaps of ganja because it's fucking cheap over here. <laughs> love that, love that. There he goes. Go on, you connect. Oh, Keep you ripping them, connect. <laughs> and, and part two, can we just have Creed on every episode doing special comments? Because it's fucking oath. Agreed. Of the Creed. Motion pass. in too much. Is that bad? <laughs> no, no, mate. Your you, you, your timing's on point. I'm disinterested. That's just a negative self-talk, mate. Fuck it off. Get some Hoff India. Boys. Have a cone piece, mate, or two. There you go. Well, sorry, scon the guy how, behind how you. How are you, boys? Um, this is kind of for all three of you. I can't help but feel that the world tour is kind of turning to shit this year. Like, every swell is terrible. Um, and especially Creed, you're obviously quite an alternative surfer. Um, compared to, you know, like, Flippy... Like, you're definitely not like that. So, if you guys had to pick someone to be world champ of alternative surfing, who would it be? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. Like, like, like who's your, who's, who would you pick to be world champ if you could pick anyone, Karina? Incoming cone pieces for you. Uh, who's your alt world can, champ, can, can, I, can I warm Karina up? Yeah, go on. Mikey February. That's nice, Paul. Very nice, Ant-Man. M-Feb, Ryan Birch, maybe. I'd probably say Jaleesa Vincent. Whoa. Up the jelly bean. Yeah, jelly bean. Whitey, what about you, mate? If you, who's the best surfer in the world that you've ever seen? James ever. Cates. <laughs> Any craft? Uh, probably Ryan Hardy. What about Tom Robbo? Yeah, he was sick. Tell, tell <laughs> us a bit about Tom Robbo, though. Can we... Was it was it actually that crazy when when he came on the scene? Because um, I know that like Mike Stewart was like he was like the protege, and everyone was like you know yeah on on the knees for Tom Rob. What's the story? Can no, you he just come along. And he's just was just like had the whole style. Stewart's had a f- couple of proteges along the years, like there was Rawlins, and now. There's a real popular guy, Tanner, who's gone really well. So he's always had a really good eye to pick talent. And, yeah, he was one of them as well. He had much to do with Stuart. I mean, he's the goat of bodyboarding. He's bodyboarding's answer to Slater. Yeah. Any yeah. insights into the great man? Do yep. you ever want to come in the tent? 
in the tent? Uh, yeah, no, he was in there a bit. Um, yeah, it's trippy because he's like growing up. The posters on your wall was like Jordan, Slater, Stewart, and um, <laughs> and then to get to meet Stewart, and then um, I remember early on, the first year I went to Hawaii. I think it was '99, and um, yeah, I just asked him at the beach if he'd keen to be involved or whatever, and he. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and he, he just embraced her and um, uh, did the whole intro voiceover for the movie. And then uh, years later when he came to WA, he stayed at my house and was just like wow. pin- pinching myself. It's like this guy I've looked up to forever and he's just like a friend hanging out. That's amazing, man. And, and a guy of that stature kind of vindicating your project and, and vindicating your culture, you know what I mean? That The, the piss-taking shenanigans, like he fully got it and, and bought in. That's, yeah. That's rad. Because there is no bodyboarding yeah. without Mike Stewart. Like he... <laughs> I wish Slater was a bit more like Stuart. That'd be nice. He's had a crack. He was in Dope Youth. And, well, he uh, was in Dope Youth, yeah. He should be in another Dope and Youth. He, mate, he fucking graced uh, our shit show of his presence more than once. So, uh, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's, no, he gets down the goat. But uh, Stuart, man, like as well, I'd love to just pick your brain while you got it. You're the first bodyboarder ever on the show. And it's a mad culture. Max respect for the, the, whole, the whole realm. But Stuart, man, like... Fuck, talk to us about, you know, just some of the surfing you've seen him do. Um, well, a lot of it was from videos growing up, seeing him come through second reef pipe, like carving, and then just lining up first reef perfectly. And then to go over there, then see it in the flesh is, yeah, next level. And he's just, um, his age, the way he's sort of looked after his body, and he's still surfing now, well into his 50s. It's, it's inspirational for sure. Those second reef days at Pipe 2 are so fucking radical, you know. Not many sticks want it, want those days and it really does belong to the bodyboarding fraternity, uh, you know, not the good second reef days, like the sketchy ones where, you know, nine out of ten waves kind of close out. Man, uh, I've seen Andre Botha do some wild <laughs> shit on days like that and, yeah, I guess Stuart was like the OG in, in those kinds of conditions. But that is like, for me, the most mutant fucking conditions on the planet is when pipe is that kind of wash through mutant double up on first reef fucking yeah. evil closeouts kills cunts on the reg <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm more curious about Smithy when Mike Stewart started at your house and he did his shit did he actually use the toilet brush or did he just walk out going you deal with it Whitey <laughs> what he, sort of bloke is this man seriously nah he shat and it smelled like chocolate it was oh. like are you kidding me yeah. are you oh, kidding me it's just like <laughs> yeah. dude you got Whitey just ran in there going, <laughs> oh, God, that smells good. Anyone got a question for the panel before we shut it down? There's a Weddy on the line, Graphene, Billabong. It's the hey, old time. Hey, hey why Blakey's looking for a new, um, new question, I want a little shout-out. While we're talking about Ryan, you know, how about um, I got a little shout-out for Brett Hardy, one of my best experiences I've ever had. Coming from Yelling Up End, I used to have to fucking trek down to Mug River a lot, everyone. And Mug River was the, the mecca of the biggest fucking wave shit, right? Yelling up is a bit protective. You know, we get big waves, but you have to go down Mug River, right? So big shout-out to Brett Hardy. Because this one fucking day, I thought, I'm there fucking the first. I'm out at boat ramps. Boat ramps are starting to get pretty popular. Every, everyone's a big wave day at boat ramps now. So, so this day I'm out there. I'm paddling out in the dark. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm first out there. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm fucking off here. <laughs> fucking, I'm out there. And I'm fucking going, what the fuck? Some cunt's taking off and got barrel on an 18-foot fucking thing. It's fucking Brett Hardy. He's already out there. He's out there in the dark, motherfucker. The Hardy family is 
fucking fucked up. Fucking oath. OG beer baron, uh, emu bit of team he's rider. The, he's the, the chosen one. He's the one chosen one. One of the maddest one. shit I've ever seen. Bret Hardy in the, the dark, in the fucking dark, packing this biggest fuck 80-foot pit at boat ramps. And I'm paddling out thinking I'm the first one out there. And he's fucking been out there for fucking who knows how long. He looked like a spider monkey jacked up a Mountain Dew. <laughs> All right, we got a question here and then we're going to wrap it. What's uh, what's your name and question, mate? My name's Dan. Look, the flavour of the month, Jack Robinson. There's three guys up there who know him well. What do you think? Can he do it? Can he get it done this year or what? Yeah, can he win at trestles against Felipe and everyone else or is he just going to get fucking iced by some three-foot onshore dribbly, powerless, gutless piece of shit? That's my, that's my fear, eh? The whole time you're just watching, he's just having the best year and you just can see it unfolding, hey? But I still like to back Jack in for sure. He, he like, I, I grew up like competing against a lot of dudes that are on the tour now and um, I've never, ever seen anyone in the water like Jack. Like, he's a freak. Like, and uh, I know he can do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's more of a mental game where he's at and there's heaps of other dudes that are up in the mix. But, yeah, he's he, he has so much talent and we all know that. But, um. Yeah. He's got it, yeah. You... Come on, Robbo. Come yeah, on, mate. he's got it. We, we're going to see it happen. Ant-Man's just... Fuck <laughs> yeah, he's got it! There Fuck he is. yeah! All right, one more up here, Smithy, and then we're going to give out the wetty and the board. So uh, hang tight. What's your name, mate? Uh, Roscoe. Roscoe. What do you got, Roscoe, Alvin? One for Creed. There you go, mate. Uh, what would you rather do? Sir, 20-foot right or run it straight at Jay Davies? Whoa. Heavy. Run it straight at Jay Davies with pleasure. Russell Lord. <laughs> He's a Ferrari of no motor, mate. I'll give it away. <laughs> I feel like we can make that happen. Hey, Stay tuned. Have a couple cone pieces while you're We actually do have one more. I can't read. I haven't got my glasses. But the boys have got one here from Russell Lord. Oddsword. No way. Yeah, a couple, couple of fireys up the back here. They've got a question from Audi. mad. Yeah, I, I don't know you, yeah, man, but um, I've known Russell for a long time. So he says, ask him if him flips, did he do underwater at the right? Did he have to CDLM to survive? Explain it, man. How um, many flips did you do underwater at the right that, that I, day? How I'm many not flips? not sure what he called it, but I call it, like I mentioned before, I call it ragdoll. <laughs> Just turn to a ragdoll. And, and... If once you learn to relax underwater, everyone here can hold their breath for as long as they fucking like. Unreal. Love closing that out with uh, one of right the on. Western Reds' greatest ever rugby league players. Hey, too. Absolute icon. Well, we got one more question. One more. Hang on. Chris White, can you remember a uh, thing called salt at um, Trig Point where so, body, yeah. bodies used to get run over? By fucking stand up surfers. Surfers against lid traffic. Yeah. Um, Salt. <laughs> I remember everybody, it well. Everybody wow. remembers that. <laughs> it's so classic, though, isn't it? Like the sticks love to flex when it's fucking one foot trig point and they're flexing on the boogs. Like that, that's basically the way it goes, right? But when it's six to eight foot and slabbing, them cunts are not around. That's the thing. Any, um, any trouble you normally have, it's like these guys up here, like so respectful and. All the surfers I've sort of come across. Um, 
yeah, some old school bodyboarders right there. But yeah, the you never re- like the surfers that could really surf. You never really had problems with them. That's such a good point, mate. The guys you have problems with are fucking kooks, generally. <laughs> right, oh, uh, welcome to the stage, Anne's man, number one swelling in every man. single show. East My coast, man. west coast, Vico, you name it. Hey, yeah, Anne's uh, man. Credo, best yeah. question, mate. Who are you giving it to? Uh, it was the guy who asked the question about Jack Robbo winning the Jack Robbo the winning the world title. title. Come on up and grab your prize, oh boy, that's graphene. Good night, Scarborough!